Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Iron and Soul Podcast. Um, I am sitting here with my longtime motherfucking friend, Shane. I won't say his last name because he has a big wig government job, so I don't want him to get, <laughs> get in trouble for that. But Shane and I have been, um, well, I don't know where he places me in all this, but he has been my best friend for, oh, fuck, um, 20, no, 30, 33 years since we were 13. Um, since, yeah, since... Seventh, eighth grade, thirty-four, thirty-five. Yeah. So uh, I want to welcome Shane to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. First time on a podcast. It is. Yes. Yes. Someday when we um, have YouTube or video this somehow, I want you to wear the exact same thing, and then I can pretend that Henry Rollins is on the podcast because you all black and the salt and pepper hair and (laughs) all that shit. So yeah. Yeah. Hey. People have told me that before. It's weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. Did you ever see um, Henry Rollins? Uh, yeah, I saw him just do spoken word here in Lawrence when uh, uh, yeah. I think the, the late nineties, maybe ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah. at Liberty Hall. Did you ever see him a Rollins band? I did not. Yeah, no, that was fucking seen. awesome. No, but you know, a few years ago, I live in Wichita now. I went to KU, uh, but uh, live in Wichita where I work, and uh, Wichita. There's a there's a River Festival, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. There's like 300,000 people that go every year. Got to cancel this year because of COVID, COVID. But um, I uh, a few years ago, the new the the, the flag played there. Um, you know, it's a, sort of that version of Black Flag, but with Keith Morrison or Keith Morris, rather. Excuse me. And, the first um, singer, right? Yeah. Yes, and uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. because wasn't I don't know exactly the the exact history of black flag, but wasn't Henry in the band? No, no, he was at a show as a uh, fan and, um, they needed a singer and he jumped and, on stage and then Morrison moved out to just guitar, right? Yeah. Keith Morris. Um, I think he may have, or he left. I don't remember exactly. I think he moved over just a guitar. He, and he then... ended up starting Circle Jerks. Oh, uh, that's I, right. You know, being almost 50, I don't remember all the little details right. anymore. I'm, we're going to get to those details. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no, I saw them, and that was uh, really, really cool. I mean, they were incredible. Oh, I, I mean, bet, uh, man. Um, Des great, was man. there, who later played in Misfits. Yeah, yep. Um, he, I mean, they were, they were old as hell, but they were fucking incredible. I mean, Keith Morris was like almost sixty when I saw him, <laughs> Shit, that's and crazy. just, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I was, I, I, I mean, it was just, I just watched them and uh, was pretty awestruck at how good they were. It yeah. was really cool. I remember I saw in the early two thousands, <clears throat> maybe oh seven or oh eight. Uh, original lineup of Misfits um, mm-hmm. and Danzig came through. So Danzig was the was the headliner, and then what's his face? Um, I can't think of his name offhand. Was the open his band was the opening band, but then they came back together at the end <laughs> and did original Misfits songs nice. with Danzig. God, I can't think of the guy's name that hmm. was um, the the Misfits dude with. Danzig. Anyways, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, it's kind of fun because um, we were kind of at an age in the late '80s when we were kind of getting into a lot of that stuff when we were Shit, 13, that was... 14. But yeah. a lot of those bands either weren't coming through here, 
meaning Wichita, our area. Um, they were probably mostly coming up through Lawrence, and right. like the outhouse or whatever. Uh, but, so we didn't have as many, many opportunities to see some of those bands then, but it was cool. Like, um, I, you know, another example of that is a band I liked forever. Um, and uh, never got to see until much later, you know, mm-hmm. um, was Seven Seconds. And oh, you did love Seven yeah, Seconds. Yeah, I, I really liked Seven Seconds and um, saw them here in Lawrence at the bottleneck. It was, again, in the late 90s at the time. I right. thought, oh, God, they're really old, but whatever. Fuck it, man. Uh, <laughs> but they were great. I mean, Kevin Seconds, he seemed really old at the time. He was, I don't know, maybe late 30s right. or something. <laughs> but, so uh, old, right? Yeah, but um, man, that was really cool to, to see them regardless of uh, oh, I know. how long it was. You know? Remember that fucking um, grocery store? That old, like, like um, green warehouse? And then we didn't, like, they just, it was abandoned or whatever, and they put In Wichita? Shows. Yeah. yeah. My first sh- rock and roll show ever yeah. was Danzig. There? there? Yeah. At that Wow, um, I I only went there one time, and uh, it was to see this band, uh, the Seattle band, The Accused. Do you remember oh, them? Oh fuck yeah, you <laughs> love <laughs> The Accused. I remember that band. Yeah, and we saw The Accused there, and it was weird. We were talking to the singer afterwards, and um, I don't know why we were like th- fourteen or fifteen or something, and we some just went up and talked to him, and he mentioned. He goes, hey guys, do you know where this train? I'm taking the. I've never been on a train, and I'm taking the train back to Seattle, and I need to get there. Do you guys know where this Newton is? <laughs> and of so course, funny. Newton, Kansas, is my hometown. Where we're from. Yeah, and you know it's like 20, 30 minutes from Wichita, and that's where the Amtrak station goes through. Um, and so we go, oh my gosh, we live in that town. That's where we live. And so we took the dude from. The singer from, I don't remember his name, but the singer from The Accused up in this, uh, I think it was Sean Cunningham, do you remember him? Anyway, <laughs> it was, uh, he had the 72 Nova, yeah, and we all piled in his Nova and brought that yeah. dude to Newton. And it was like one in the morning, and you know, in Newton, the train doesn't leave yeah, until like 4.30 or, or something. Yeah. So we went back to some dude's garage with this guy and just chilled out just huh? hung out we didn't do any drinking or drugs or anything we just talked to the guy it was really weird and then that's awesome and then someone took him to the train depot that's i mean it was kind of it was kind of funny but uh man remember when we f- we drove my fucking convertible bug to that weird bar and saw um agnostic front yeah that was the coyote club the coy- um and uh you know, I'll never forget that because uh, we were super, we were really into Agnostic Front. Fuck yeah, we were, they were fucking <laughs> And then uh, we were super, I don't know how we even found out they were coming, but Fuck, I don't know we either. were kind of, remember we were disappointed because like they, I don't know if they got lost or something, but the oh, show was supposed s- to start and they were, they didn't, they hadn't shown up, remember? Oh, that's right. And we just kind of all, everyone was just sitting there. Like the 20 people? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and everyone was thinking about leaving. It was like an hour or two later. Yeah, it was late. And we were like, ah, fuck, should we go? Or I don't know. And then I just thought, this is, you know, probably just ide- ideal idealizing it. But um, I remember uh, looking up. And these dudes with this swagger, with these like hoodie, these oh, hoodies. That's fucking right. I totally just, remember. We all kind of looked up, and there's like this group of dudes, like with this New York like uh-huh. walk, <laughs> and they all had their hoodies on, and they they came in the door, and I was like, oh, I guess that must be Agnostic Front. And then Roger, you know, singer, uh, you know, they got up on fucking stage. 
I don't think they set up very long. No. It just and it may have been, just, but I mean, it seemed how like, you remember it was just like that. <laughs> yeah, right? It seemed like they got on stage and Roger goes, "Hey, sorry, I'm sorry, we're late, guys. We something couldn't find. I don't know." And then they just started Go, going yeah, off, and it was, it was incredible. They were so good. Such a fucking great show. Yeah, they were really, really. I good still fun. that fucking <laughs> tattoo on his chest is still my favorite yeah. tattoo in the whole wide world. Yeah. It's a um, to the one listener out there. It's a it's Jesus on the cross. Damn it! I was gonna make that one listener joke. I was just uh, waiting to pull that fucking thing out of my pocket. It's a great joke. Man. I had a three listener one too. Damn. Uh, All right. Go all right. On. You'll have to use a three listener later when we're not paying attention when yeah. the one listener is not paying attention right. you can do the three listener one um, we have two because your kid edits it so uh, that's right he has to good listen point. good point you know. but he hates it oh so, i'm sure yeah, yeah i'm sure 13. it's like old people talking about dumb shit yeah about dumb shit yeah. <laughs> yeah especially the one on <laughs> had like 13 year one edit the one on psychedelics <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh great um it'd but, be like imagine you know because uh, when we became friends your dad was probably fucking our age or younger probably right shit and so uh, he seemed old as shit at the time right and i just imagine jim reese in a fucking podcast talking about you know <laughs> oh i don't think he fucking listens to this thing man. no no my mom does does she, she really it. yeah she hi loves katie it. But she loves listening to it, which I she's the one listener, right? Yeah, my mom. she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> my mom. Your my family. Mom, my family, right? Yeah. So, um, what were you saying, though, about... His tattoo? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the tattoo. The, um, Christ on the cross with a gas mask and all that stuff and the going off the back. Still my favorite fucking tattoo. Yeah, with the nuclear yeah. uh, bombs exploding. God, I love that fucking he tattoo. He lives in uh, California now. <laughs> no, he still, no, he still lives in... The I other... Just, the, so, there's two... Oh, there's the two main guys. One guy lives, still lives in um, New York. Mm-hmm. The other guy lives in California. Yeah, Roger, the singer, lives Sing- in California. And then the and, uh, uh, Vinny Stigma lives Vin- in New York. The lives guitar in New player. York. Yeah. He's like 80 years Right, old I get now. them mixed up. Yeah. But they still <laughs> fucking tour. Yeah, they still, still tour. Have you seen that Showtime? But he has a cool house. I saw this thing about his house. He has this like mid-century house there. It's all you know decked mm-hmm. out in like mid-century style out there. It's pretty yeah. cool. Okay. It's not yeah. what I would expect him to live in. And, yeah, but, he's probably but, vegan yeah. too. I have no Son idea. I have no idea. But they, did you, have you seen that documentary on Showtime about them? No. It's fucking fantastic. No, I haven't. I don't have it's Showtime. A, you should, well, I bet you could get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet you could find it on YouTube or whatever. It's a great fucking documentary. Oh, cool. About how they still just tour and yeah. all that. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Speaking of um, interesting things, you know, you mentioned my dad. He was you know, probably our age. No, let's see. My dad was, well, how old is he now? 70, 70, he'll be 72 minus like 34 years. (laughs) So he was like, he was really like younger thirties. Yeah. When we met, right. Isn't that fucking crazy? But he seemed old. I know. Right. (laughs) Hey dudes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He seemed, isn't that crazy? Like you're like, this is so Shane and I have an interesting history, but he wasn't working out and shit like you and I do. <laughs> no, no, but my dad, they just didn't do that. Holy I shit. This is the thing I talk about with my, with my beautiful wife is that I have a few pictures of my dad, um, from seven. There's this really great one that I've seen of him in the seventies, um, with like, <laughs> and maybe eighties with like short jean shorts on and no shirt. Right. Uh-huh. The dude, didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. But still had like that. 
Yeah. Like chiseled Arnold, not like big like Arnold, but like pecs. Yeah. He, I remember him being a pretty good yeah. stout I, guy. If that motherfucker would have just worked out, he would have been jacked yeah. as shit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he would have uh, been, he would have been yeah. in just amazing shape, right? Yeah. He just yeah, had that right. genetic look that you just, yeah. you know, and that like classic, classic, like fit body. Yeah. You know, even not being fit. Yep. Yep. Your mom's going, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Jim Reese. That's right. Sexy motherfucker. That's right. Yeah. So That's what drew me to him at Southwestern <laughs> College in Winfield, Kansas. Winfield, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> so true. His shirt off. His... Yes. He was, he was on the lawn with his shirt yeah. off. Yeah, that's funny. So <laughs> Shane and I have an interesting um, <clears throat> history together. Um, and I'll just, we'll just get into it. Um, cause we, this podcast about journey stories is that Shane and I met, we knew of, I had moved back to, to, um, Newton, um, right after my sixth grade year and started, um, Santa Fe seventh grade mm-hmm. and was friends with all those dudes that, that were upper middle class, right? Those at that time oh, wouldn't be yeah. Newton, and yeah. you were you you ran around with um, the not upper middle class, the poor folk, right? Right. Um, and some of those dudes, I talked about in an earlier podcast. Some of those dudes used to bully the shit out of me mm-hmm. um, in seventh grade. Um, BJ, and I, I didn't know you then, so I don't yeah, remember all yeah, that. I think we, I mean, we crossed paths, but right? I don't. We didn't. You didn't really have, but uh, BJ McKay. Is that what his name was? McAllister. BJ McAllister and Bobby. Uh, Bobby uh, Miller. Bobby Miller. Yep. Bobby Miller. They were, they were two peas in a pod. I think he man. might be in prison. Probably. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, I'm not sure. But, but those two dudes, I still remember. Robbie like, Mitchum's in prison. Hi Rob. Is he really? Yeah. No shit. We'll get, well, can we hear about that? Um, so I remember being in the gymnasium. So it started out on the bike rack, right? We'd hang out in the bike racks, right. Jeremy and Ryan and mm-hmm. fucking Rich Arstead. And I could talk about those guys and, um, with your tennis rackets, tennis, your- <laughs> I, I didn't fucking play tennis. but it started out there with those two guys picking on me cause I was a new guy. And then it moved into the gymnasium from there. And they would just, they would just, I'd be in the middle and they would just whatever. Anyways. So one time, um, they were picking on me. And, and then, uh, Chad Brown, Chad Brown kind of got in on it a little bit. And I remember mm. Danny Carruthers, <laughs> Danny Carruthers stepped in one time uh-huh. and it was on. And I think stepped in on your behalf, on my or? behalf. Yeah. And I think from, and I became friends with Danny Carruthers cause him and I were really into the same things at the time. <laughs> and I think from there, because you were friends with Danny, uh-huh. he lived on the same street, uh, yeah. but just over across yeah. Maine. Yeah. But yeah. I think because you guys were friends or whatever, I think that started mm-hmm. the, the kind of the journey of how we like at least came together. I can't, I think that's probably right. I mean, the, the thing that I remember f- when we, f- our first hangout, like uh-huh. if I think about it, my brain was in beginning of eighth grade and, somehow you hopped along with us right. to go to pizza hut. Right. I or think something. so. And like my mom's car or yeah. In that green car. Yeah. In that green yeah, car. I think that's right. I don't and know I how think... that happened, but I, I remember 
maybe tagging along. Yeah, because I think we we're we've been chatting at school or just kind of being buds or I don't know how it all. Know, fucking, yeah, something like that. It was after a football game and and you just hopped along. Like I don't know. Huh. I don't remember like how the conversation happened, but I just remember you being in the car with us. Mm-hmm. Whoever else was there, I don't remember anybody else. That was a weird car. It was a fucking weird that was car, a weird man. Car. And my dad used to staple the. Remember the the ceiling was the fabric was coming down. He like he would try to staple. And then later it up, on, I she think. bought the like four cylinder Nova. Nova, and I killed it. Religious. Killed that fucking thing. Um, but uh, and then it was off to the races after that. Yeah, I think the most vivid memory I have is uh, I don't remember how I think you invited me over or just to hang out or come over after school or something. And because I remember having my Super Goose, my BMX bike oh, with I fucking me, love that bike, man. And went over there and hung out, and um, and and then you asked to ride it, and I let you ride it, and you popped the oh fuck, yeah, that's <laughs> the right, tire. The tire. Ah. I don't know if you bunny hopped the curb or what, but that's I remember right. that you popped the tire. I wasn't mad. I was just like, fuck, how am I gonna get home? How am I gonna get home? <laughs> and then and yeah, then cell we... phones, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think yeah, I used your phone or oh, maybe your mom. I don't know either. Your mom somebody came up, yeah, gave me a ride or or my mom did, but. That that was my. That's kind of my most, uh, my most uh, distinct memory is. That's is right. I with totally my bike remember. Right. And, yeah. And you brought you popped my tire. Popped your fucking tire, and then you traded that bike in for a ten speed. Because you fuckers convinced me yeah, to. Convinced <laughs> <you> to. <laughs> that's one of my big so, regrets. In I life. know, right? Why did we convince you to do it? That was the worst decision I ever made. Dec- <laughs> that was a great. That fucking mongoose was a great bike. It was. Too, I had a PK oh, Ripper too. I got both of them from my older cousin who. PK Ripper, raced. man, those were great. Yeah, great bikes. Yeah, is that the make- one with the two bars? No, it had like a square uh, oh, aluminum right. frame. It was. Yeah. They make. You know, SE Racing makes those, and they make, like, big rippers now. You know, like, 26, 29-inch bikes or whatever for old dudes like us. Um, but they're f- freaking cool. I thought about getting them. <laughs> so, so, fast forward. But that got so stolen. I can, I can my be- bike got fucking stolen outside of the, my PK Ripper, which I really loved. Oh, the, uh, I remember you I mean, we grew up that. in a small town where, yeah. you know, I was still somewhat naive, and I went to the rec center, which is, you know, a free little yeah. community basketball and, you know... Um, I was in there for like 20 minutes and went out and my bike was gone. <laughs> Someone just took That's off with it, awesome. you know. But, oh my um, God. but yeah, and I think we just kept hanging out from there on. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Fucking. Yeah. Um, and oh, I remember. And then I remember, this is what I, I remember too. I invited you over one you time. You invited me to spend the night. Over. <laughs> and my mom was one. like. You could tell this one. This is pretty funny. My fucking mom. From your perspective. <laughs> your, your, my mom was like, um, I'm going to have to call and see if it's okay. And so she <laughs> called your mom, right? Yeah. And uh, and was like, is this okay if Josh? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And then before I came over to sleep over, you're like, I got to warn you, Josh. <laughs> my dad, hey, comes home from work. Sits around in his underwear and watches wrestling. Yep. I was like, oh, whatever. And he doesn't care who it is. He doesn't care who it is. I gave that similar spiel throughout my teen and, you know, with girlfriends who came over. Because he, if a girlfriend would come over, he didn't give a shit. Still underwear. Under white, tidy whiteies. Well, I call them Lucy whiteies. Well, that's true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They they were real tight on him. (laughs) So we, uh, I said, okay, I, I had, I, I had this different thought in my brain of what it would be like, but it was not anything like that. Right. So I went over there and it was after school on a Friday or mm-hmm. something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had my backpack or whatever and, and your dad had gotten home from work and I, 
came over and we were going to go do something. Right. And I, and you run upstairs or <laughs> I, I, I can't, no, I can't remember exactly how this happens, but I'm standing there and there's your dad and your dad in my mind, right. Is big. Right. right? Back then. Yeah, Back then. Sure. Big, big belly, yeah. strong looking dude. Yeah. But, he had fucking huge wrists and forearms. Yeah. Like you know, from just, doing the, like he was just a big dude. Yeah. And I remember him, he turns to me, and I'm standing there, and I, I don't know if I, what the fuck I was wearing, just probably skater clothes or whatever, I don't know. And he goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, just, I think I beat a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't think I said much. I think I said, oh, this is my friend Josh. He's going to stay the night. Yeah. Let's go upstairs. And then, you know, then we yeah. went upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, I, I gave Carl shit for years after that one. Yeah. For that, so yep. I don't. One time we were like, uh, my dad was not abusive or anything like that. But one time <laughs> I'll remember. I think you might have been with us. I don't remember. There was a group of us, and we were gonna go skateboard. And we were at my house out in the front, and I don't remember like he. I don't remember what the deal was, but he was being a total jerk. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. And I wanted to save face in front of my friends because he was like, you know, you're not going to blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I don't remember what the I don't was. remember this at yeah. all. Oh, and he goes, and I knew my friends were standing behind me. And I go, fuck you, like under my breath. <laughs> and before I knew it, man, he just swung at me. <laughs> and luckily I had, I, I was able to duck. <laughs> And I, I mean, he would have knocked me out if you connected, but oh. he, that was the only time, man. He swung wow. at me and I was like, I went, whew. And <laughs> just luckily, like wind and, coming Yeah, by. then me and my friends just like started running away. <laughs> <laughs> we like took off and jumped on our skateboards oh, and they were just shit. laughing the whole time. Oh, I was like, oh God. shit, I'm in so much fucking trouble oh, later. God. But you know, I, later on he didn't even, it wasn't even, he didn't say anything. No, it was weird. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that first, I think it was that first night I spent the night. You're like, we'll just, we're just going to go out. And we went out and we stayed out all fucking night. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then somehow when we got home, your mom was up. Oh, cause she had to get up early to clean for her job. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she fucking screamed. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Staying up so late. And then yeah. she took us to McDonald's for breakfast. <laughs> right. Right. That was crazy. Yeah. I, your mom busted us one time, I think. Was, didn't she? Or for like staying out all night, we both told. Maybe that wasn't you. I thought it was where we told each other. Told you, and we like, went and stem. I don't know. I mean, I got busted a couple times doing I'm gonna that. I'm going to stay at Josh's. I'm going to stay at Shane's. And yeah. then we stay out all night. And then one of them calls the yeah. other. And then, but was, wasn't there a time? We, remember we stayed in that tent in my front yard? Yeah. And uh, we went out walking in our bare feet yeah, and got pulled over that. by that cop. I do remember that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was totally weird. He's like, what are you guys doing? Uh, we're walking around with our shoes off. <laughs> and we had socks. That was weird. We were stupid. Yeah. That's dumb, funny. Dumb, so. dumb, dumb uh, small town boys. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of what kicked it all off, I think. Um, and then this, my, my mom will appreciate this. So we had this interesting this part, the side door on our house and went, and then you go in the door and you just go straight to the basement or up to the kitchen. And we would know we had an open door policy for Shane. Shane could come in and out whenever he wanted to any time of the day. And, uh, we knew Shane would come over 
because he would hear the door open and then doom, 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 down, <laughs> down the stairs and then he would just sit down there. He never yeah. came upstairs. Shy, took, I was shy. Took I, I was shy longest. and um, still kind of, I mean, I definitely have some introverted uh, yeah, traits. Probably. Yeah, I think I'm so. pretty introverted. But it's weird because in certain situations, I, I am a little bit more outgoing and extroverted, but generally I tend toward being shy and reserved. And so back then it was just, just nervous. I mean, yeah. I, was, I had anxiety around new situations and change. I don't know. Um, I think that's why I didn't really want, I didn't know what to say to your parents. I didn't really, I wasn't, um, I socially, I just didn't know. I only really knew how to interact with other kids. So right, but yeah. I never really knew how to interact with d- adults except for my parents. Um, <laughs> Which really, is mainly so. screaming. <laughs> so it was easy to just avoid, you know, like yeah. any kind of, but luckily your parents kind of coaxed me out. Eventually, and right? Then, well, hilarious. and even when I was hanging out, they, you know, like, do you want a Coke? <laughs> 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 they, they figured out I was a Coke addict, That's a right. soda Coke addict back then. And Holy shit. shit. My mom would pop. buy, we'd buy a 12 pack of Coke. And, and I didn't, until the seventh or eighth grade, we never had soda in the house. And then we'd buy Coke and there'd be 12 pack. And by the time Shane left, they're <laughs> half of it be gone. And Shane yeah. drink. Dude, at home, I drink, I mean, we'd have like two, two liters. liters. You were yeah. two liter people. Yeah. I, I liked Coke later, but we had, my mom was like a Pepsi. Oh, I fucking person. hate Pepsi. So we always had fucking Pepsi, but I would take a Pepsi two liter and just, it would be hot. I just fucking chug. Oh, so gross. (laughs) So gross. So so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I drank a lot of fucking pop back then. You did drink a lot of pop back then, man. We weren't just, yeah, I wouldn't ever pop people. But then what's interesting about this and what I, what I, I'm interested to know about your story and, and, and I'll let you kind of share your thought process on that you know, being in Newton and becoming friends and us becoming friends. And, and, um, we, for just for, for people's, the, the one listeners or the two listeners or whatever, we could just say that Shane lived on the other side of the tracks, right? That's just, sure. Yeah. Just kind of the theory. Um, so what are your, what's your thoughts on like becoming friends with this family and what they did and, and where you are today. Well, the big like, picture is I the... give you and your family a lot of credit for uh, encouraging me and stuff. Um, but, you know, and of course my mom was always very, pretty supportive um, for the most part. In her and, way. Your yeah, dad in her too. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They both were. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, well, I mean, my dad, um, my dad's my dad was, you know, had only uh, his, he mostly was raised with him and brother. It was just him and brother, uh, three other brothers. So there was all boys. And their dad um, passed away when they were all young, all of them. And this, you know, obviously in the uh, early 50s, my dad was born in 46. So I think he was around maybe nine or 10 when his dad died. And um, all the boys were like a year or two apart. And they lived out in, um, from what I understand, they lived in a uh, um, kind of a dirt floor uh, shack (laughs) outside of Halstead, Kansas, which is, you know, it's about eight miles from Newton out in the country there. And, um, you know, they were poor as hell. And their dad used to make them uh, go along the highway, Highway 50, and like 
collect bottles to go turn in for money and stuff. I actually found that out just a couple of years ago from my oh, dad. Wow. My dad died uh, three and a half years ago, and I, this is one of the things that my mom told me. I wasn't quite aware of how poor they were, but, um, you know, anyway, so he passed away, and so my my dad's mom was kind of left in this shack with these four <laughs> boys who were pretty wild from what I gather um, to, to, to try to finish raising them on her own, and they just ran roughshod over her in a lot of ways, like I boys bet, would do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what happened, but but for whatever reason, um, I don't know if they were breaking the law or just not going to school. I don't know that part, but what I do know is um, my dad was uh, placed in a uh, boys' home in, uh, outside of Topeka, Kansas, called uh, the Boys Industrial School, BIS. And it was, back then, it was like a, kind of a I don't want to say prison but it was basically um you know these days we have group homes for kids with behavioral issues and that sort of thing and remember, it's more therapeutic this place <laughs> it, it, well do you remember the movie sleepers with um, um like Brad Pitt and mm, all, Jason Patrick and they were as kids they go to this reform school a little bit because yeah. they killed that guy oh yeah and yeah. Then they get out and then they plot against them because of all the abuse right it's like a reform school so yeah, like ba- you got in trouble but you, yeah you, it was i mean like, they had to wear uniforms yeah. it was basically locked down yeah. i mean i when my dad died i mean there's pictures of him when he was a kid at the in the yard so to speak and it i mean it looked like freaking prison i mean wow. you know but but they did teach him a trade i mean he learned how to weld there i mean that which is cool i don't think they really do that much in, in group homes these days or whatever but this was um it was, so it was a boys industrial school so they taught them in an in industry trade right that's fucking cool yeah and so so anyway he went to the army uh, he basically spent his entire from what i understand it was kind of it's funny but not funny is um, two of his other brothers my uncle tony from what i've been told and then was sent there after my dad for a while. oh no <laughs> yeah. shit yeah and then my dad you know, he showed up there and it was like, Oh, Hey, you know, hey my brother's brother. here. And then I think, and I, I hope I'm, I'm correct on this. My mom said that even, and then when they were there a little bit later, their youngest brother, Vernon showed up there, was sent there as well. <laughs> and so their older brother, George, I think he was already, you know, 18 or 19 and was in the Marines at that point. But anyway, my dad, I think aged out and from there at 17 or so and ended up going to the army, spent a couple of years in the army, um, and then came back to Newton where he got into some legal problems. <laughs> he was with my mom, um, got into some legal problems at a very young age, like 20 years old or something, and um, was actually sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh, shit. Yeah, I found this out again after, I mean, I knew some of this, but the 10-year part my mom told me after he passed away. And so anyway, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison, and, you know, they were just devastated. Um, I think at the time she may have been pregnant with my older sister. I'm not exactly Your sure. Your oldest sister? Yeah, or my okay. oldest sister. Um, anyway, so um, so he ended up actually – he did two years in the Hutchinson, Kansas uh, penitentiary. <laughs> I mean, he was in a riot there and <laughs> all kinds of shit. Yeah, like hit a dude with the, in the kneecap. That's and probably what, early – late 60s, early 70s, right? Uh, oh God, it was, it was late sixties. Yeah. Probably like, 60s. like 66 or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like tw- maybe 20 or something. Yeah. So anyway, he did two years in prison there and, um, 
because of that, and I believe, I think it was a felony, you know, he really wasn't able to, you know, after he got out, he didn't really have any prospects and for work. And so he ended up just being a laborer mostly and, and a roofer specifically. And, um, so he, he was, he just, he, uh, worked for a roofing company and, you know, just hard work and the heat and that kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, my mom, you know, cleaned houses and buildings and stuff. And, um, so yeah, we, so anyway, we didn't, it's weird because yeah, we were, um, we were definitely lower working class economically, I would say, but you know, my sisters would say me being the youngest, my parents probably spoiled me, oh, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. <laughs> you know, probably with so. considering, um, only boy too. Yeah. The only well, sort of. I have an older half brother. Oh, that's right, um, Carl Jr. <laughs> Carl who, Jr. Who's you know not the um, owner of Carl's Jr. No, no. Um, in that's Spokane, right. Washington, really cool guy. That, yeah, he actually looks more like my dad to me. It's pretty that's cool. That's right. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He's really nice guy. He's doing really well. Um, but anyway, but in our in our household, being raised, it was me and my three older sisters, and so. Um, you know, there's a point when we were on welfare for a period, not long, but my parents used it and took like it's, you know, like it's intended and, and then got off and moved on and, um, um, you know, um, did pretty well considering. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so that's kind of the, you know, they weren't physically abusive or anything. They loved us. Um, it was just a different, you know, it was just a labor kind of yeah. <laughs> upbringing, you know, where I mean, they drank beer. My dad drank beer. He wasn't an alcoholic necessarily, although he could have been, I'm not sure, but he definitely drank a lot of beer when I was younger and, um, had a bit of a history and reputation for getting into fights and, right, right. you know, he was a pretty aggressive, angry guy. He didn't take it out on me, but he was definitely pretty He's loud. He was very loud, loud intimidating. Dude. Yeah. Um, he was a presence for sure. Very kind of impulsive. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, kind of a scary guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he had prison tattoos and stuff. God, I loved his fucking tattoos. Man. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, um, but yeah, he was, I, but I, you know, looking back, I get it now. I mean, I, I, I he, I mean, he was raised in this place, you know, this just constantly in like these, uh, in, you know, in, in the, uh, system, if you will. And then really just was probably angry from a lot of that, you know? So, so really, if you think like with our perspective now being, being older gentlemen and, and kids of our own and all that shit, he really did probably as best as he could and, his, sure. and did really well. Like if you think about like he raised, yeah, he yeah. raised, I mean, I don't know what your sisters are up to, but he raised. Yeah. Everyone's doing all right. Raised a good kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean that they weren't really, it's not that they weren't supportive of me going to college, um, but they just, it just wasn't like. They didn't know of it. Yeah. Right? It just wasn't a thing our family did. Yeah. And so they, I wouldn't say they weren't encouraging. I mean, they, they really weren't, but I don't fault them for that. They just. They didn't shame you for wanting it though. There's kind of like, well, they, they're like, we're not paying for it. Right. But they <laughs> didn't know, say but, you can't, you're not going to be able to make right, it. Right. It was kind of like, well, you better so, get a job so or do something kind of thing. Do you have a memory or a time where you thought, where, where it turned over in your brain that college was an opportunity for you? Like, um, yeah, I think so. Well, 
I mean, the, the first time was really when I met your family and knowing that your mom uh, went to school and even at that time, probably a little later than yeah, traditional with the first masters, Yeah. Yeah. That was a, and your sister, I remember was in college at K-State when we first started hanging out, I think maybe it was her first year. Eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. Our first year. Yeah. yeah Cause I remember going up so. there and visiting her and, um, with you guys and um, just seeing what a college was for the first time was that was my experience was from your family and really your family are the ones I really had met who are kind of college ed- educated. And so that was really kind of the first idea or the first notion that I'd gotten that I, I could probably go to college too, you know? Um, and then, you know, later on my cousin, Mary, who I adore um, and who's passed away, unfortunately, but she ended up, going to grad school in social work in uh, at Berkeley in California. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then she came back in, uh, here, and she ended up teaching here at KU for a while in the school of social work, after I graduated from KU. But and um, but she was also an influence later, but early on it was definitely your family. I didn't really know anyone else who <laughs> had gone to college or, or anything what's, like that. What's, what's interesting about Shane and our relationship is we're, we have a lot of fucking things in common, but we have this... <laughs> We, but we don't have this one thing in common. I'm really interested to know where this, where did your love for like reading and like poetry and that <laughs> shit, like where did that um, like? It's really weird because I didn't, I don't think I read at all growing up. I mean, I don't, I wasn't a reader. Um, I watched a shit ton of TV when right, I was a kid. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, I didn't, it's, this is going to sound kind of corny, but I, I mean, I did not do much in high school academically. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I was interested in music and not playing music. I wish I would have played an instrument, but just, just, um, punk rock and yeah. And metal and all the and, shit that we were and into. having fun and yeah. skateboarding and just hanging Taking out with friends. And... Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, and so I didn't really read. I, didn't, I mean, I read some stuff for school, but not a lot. When I think back on it, I'm like, dude. Um, and so I, I think my senior year in high school, um, <laughs> this is corny as hell, but, <laughs> um, in English class, I had uh, an English teacher who read a short story that I wrote as an assignment. It, or not, obviously she read it, but um, commented to me, in person, she held me back one day and she goes, man, you, are, this is a great story. You're a really good writer. And I was like, what? I always thought of myself as a complete moron. Cause I had teachers like Mr. Toll actually tell me <laughs> you're, you're never going to go to college. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I had that guy for math for three years in a row and I failed every one of them. And he just hated me as my math teacher. Fucking Mr. And I remember Toll. he pulled me out in the hallway one day and he goes, you are never going to go to college. And I was like, whatever. Um, oh, remind me to tell you a story. We'll, t- we'll talk, yeah. talk some teacher shit after you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so anyway, this English teacher was like, you're a good writer. And I couldn't, I was like, it was in disbelief. Um, and so I started thinking, oh, interesting. That's interesting. Because I always sort of liked the process of writing creatively. I didn't right. like wa- writing reports and stuff. Mm-hmm. I liked, you know, because um, I, I, I used to daydream a lot. And fan- <laughs> Most yeah. of my, like it, as a kid or even in high school in classes, I mean, I was just daydreaming, right. fantasizing, yeah. <laughs> imagining, whatever. And so um, 
So that val that little validation, I'll never forget that. It was really cool. It was the only, one of the only times I had a teacher actually validate me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she gets a lot of credit for that. And then she brought in, the same teacher I believe it was, brought in this thing. <laughs> This, I think she was a Bethel student at the time, or some, I don't remember exactly, but she was a, quote, local, you know, poet. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is, so she came and read for our class, and she was gorgeous. She was beautiful, right? And I was just enamored <laughs> with her. And I remember the other boys in class were being dicks and, like, interrupting, and I was like, quit it, guys, you know? Because <laughs> I thought she was hot. She had a fucking boner. Yeah, because I thought she was hot or whatever. And, um... But something about that, and I don't know what it was, but I think that something about her reading the the poetry clicked with me for whatever reason. And then after high school, um, I remember going to, I think my parents, like right after high school, not long after they, we I don't remember why I asked them to take me to Barnes & Noble. And I went to Barnes & Noble, and I went to the poetry section, and I just started looking around and reading some stuff, and then um, bought a book of poetry, I think it was by Maxine Kuhlman, um, and it was like a, a selected poems of hers, and, you know, kind of nature-based stuff, mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure, but I kind of, I liked it, and, you know, and so something about that just clicked, I've always liked language, I've always liked, um, I just have always enjoyed um, poetry in the way, uh, I just like interesting, the way thing. I just like interesting things, yeah. I don't know, I mean, I it's mean, hard to explain, because I, I never wanted to take a poetry class, because I um, always like the, the, I always try to hold on to the naive part of it, anyway, mm. because, um, and sort of the mysterious part, because I don't really, I, I don't read it to necessarily understand, I mean, obviously, after this long of reading poetry, I understand some stuff, but I still get some stuff, and it makes no sense, but it's, you know, musically, and just that something about the the the, the language, it just it, something clicks with me, and it's just very satisfying, I just like it a lot, and so I, tr I try not to overly study poetry, I try to just read it, and enjoy it, kind of like you would music, as not being a musician, right, right. And, and you enjoy music, I don't know why certain music clicks with me, but it does, and, and so I kind of approach poetry like that, that it's just one of those things sense. I've always enjoyed and so now I, I so, so I just kept buying poetry books and you know I'm almost 47 now and I've got almost 3,000 poetry wow, books out. that's amazing I know it's so dumb but it's really one of my own it's you know it's your one, one of your one things right? it's really my main vice I mean I yeah. the main thing I kind of collect and it, it's just something I, I don't get rid of them if I buy it and I don't like it I still keep it that's because <laughs> cool. I you know and I come back to it every once in a while so that's that's kind of that deal but I want to talk about the teacher thing but I want to say something about Mr. Toll that's kind of funny the okay. guy that the math teacher that just hated me and of course, I didn't like him. Um, Mr. Fucking Toll. I can't even bangs, picture what he looks is, like. I just remembered the Well, he name. had bangs and a mustache. That's what he, he's oh, like, he lo yeah. he'd literally look like, um, like, um, um, what's the South Park kid? Stan um, what's the main South Park kid? I don't, I can't kid? remember that. But you know the dad with the yeah. mustache? Yeah. He, oh, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's, that's him. Mr. Toll. Yeah. yeah. So he literally told me, you are never going to go to college, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You can't do math, all this shit, which was true. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do math. I was such a, I could <laughs> not a social worker. couldn't grasp shit, you know. Right. And so, um, so I just disrupted class and right. made everyone laugh or whatever. Right. You know? And so, what's really funny is, of course, I did not go to college right out of high school. No, you did. Well, not right out, not right out. What was important? Didn't you go to Emporia? No, right that out? was a couple years later. I tried to go to Emporia, 
That was not right out. Right out of high school, I did not. My friends all left, and I got really depressed. That's right. (laughs) Because I was kind of left there. Right. We left you, bro. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and I got really depressed because I didn't really know what to do. And I ended up, you know, I ended up um, delivering pizzas for Pizza Hut. Ah, That's right. (laughs) One night, I delivered a piece of that fucking dude's house. (laughs) And, of course, he answered the door, and he just looked at me like... Are you sure you can count back change, you dumb fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, ah, you know. Was that a driving force to go to college, or do you sort of? Of, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely used the "I told you so" factor a little bit mm-hmm. um, because teachers were such dicks growing up. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, I was a punk kid, right. but um, there are a couple, like him specifically, a couple who were just like, who literally said, you can't do it. I was like, I don't know. I think I might be able to, and just kind of held on to that. Yeah. You know? And so sure. I, you know, that was a bit of a motivator. I like the, I told you so factor. I've worked with a lot of kids in therapy and, you know, that's one of the main things I, not main things, but it's one of the various things I talk to these, a lot of these boys about who remind me of myself is uh, the, I told you so factor. Cause a lot of these kids have similar experiences even today yeah, where, yeah. where they're not validated or, or whatever. And, and so they kind of give up and, um, you know, it's kind of a prove you wrong thing. Right. And the cool thing is after it, once you accomplish it, you don't, have to go back to you know you had this fantasy of going back to newton high and t- going to mr Tolan showing him my graduate diploma you know it's so yeah. dumb but once i actually got it i didn't it was i didn't have to do that i didn't have to go throw it in his face it was who's that fucking you know. um i i don't know why i'm spacing it because i fantasized it, about it for years our eighth grade uh gym teacher uh mr uh, was it McAtee? No, no uh, was, Mr. I don't even remember eighth grade gym. Guy was like, and then he became a uh, administrator at uh, Newton High. Um, oh, uh, Winfield, Mr. Fucking Winfield. Hey, co- all right, he, saw, he was coach, at your kids' wrestling tournament a couple years. Let's, ago. <laughs> let's talk about this for a second, Coach Fucking Winfield, <laughs> eighth grade, running around that park. What was the name of that park? We had to run around. Uh, Themian Park. Themian Park. We had to run around there. And one time, after football season, I decided I'd walk. I didn't feel like running. Mm-hmm. He came up to me after that. I don't know. I thought, I'm sure it was We used to hide in the bushes. Around. Yeah, there. I think I was fucking around or something. <laughs> and he, he told me, he said, Reese, you're going to grow up to be nothing in life. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, and this is the guy. Okay. Let's, let's be real here on this podcast. <laughs> Mr. Winfield, your office in eighth grade was in the gym room and you watched boys undress and boys take showers. Just saying, <laughs> God. just going to say it out loud. I don't know what that means. I'm just saying it. These days, kids don't have to shower. I know, right? But Back he, then, you had to put your shoulder in the water. Desk. Or your oh, yeah. Or your foot. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. would actually come watch you to make sure you touched yeah, the water. Exactly. Weird. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Um, yeah, that was weird. So he told me I was going to grow up to be nothing in life. And then he blackballed me for football. Oh, really? Yeah. So he told... Um, the coach at the time at Newton High, because him and I got an argument at, about this, mm-hmm. and I wasn't putting up with his shit, and told me I was going to do nothing, and then he blackballed me with the coach, and the coach said, don't even bother coming out for football. I said, okay, I like skating better anyway, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> and um, 
so from then on, right, after I graduated high school, graduated college, <clears throat> got my master's degree, several businesses, doing mm. well, I had this fantasy to go back <laughs> and like yeah. tell him and then actually maybe even punch him just mm. because. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, <laughs> grew up to be nothing in life, blah, blah. What are you? You know, I had this whole thing in my head. Then a couple of years ago, my mom says, oh, he fucking retired. I was like, ah, shit, he retired. (laughs) And then I saw him at Otto's wrestling tournament, and he was this tiny guy, old and frail and whatever. I was like, oh, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was just that. That's all he was. Yeah. Just that. But I can say that I used it, right? That told you so factor that you just said so yeah i mean he arguably they they, they may say well you know whatever it was it worked <laughs> yeah whatever it was <laughs> the shaming technique that really doesn't work but for some it right. does right right yeah some some of this so yeah so so you got depressed delivering pizzas <laughs> and, other things. and um, other things um oh, I, I just worked some other jobs and then i yeah, still live with my parents and um just um God, I had this one job <laughs> where I, uh, I think I lasted a day and, um, I had a few of those, it was, but this one was horrible. It was at a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a lumber place and, um, like a lumber yard. Yeah. And, and they kind of recycled lumber too. It was mm-hmm. weird. And it was so fucking loud in there. You could, I mean, it, you literally, you couldn't hear anything except for the machines. You couldn't hear anyone talking and you had to wear earplugs, mm-hmm. which made it <laughs> worse. <laughs> and so they're the first day I'm like 20 years old or well, I don't even know, 20 or 21. And, um, this dude, I thought it was a fucking joke. I thought I was on like hidden camera or something, you know, uh, my job involved, there was a conveyor belt that came from the outside, uh, to the inside through the garage door. And it was just endless wood, like two by fours, two by sixes, something like that. And they were long. They were probably 15, 20 feet long. And they had, uh, they were coming in this endless conveyor belt and they had a stamp from different lumber companies on them. And so they were recycling these somehow. And so this guy was running the conveyor belt and he was screaming at me, giving me direction on what my job was. And... (laughs) I go, it made no sense. So he gives me he gives me this big wooden pole. It's like twenty feet long. And at the very end of it, attached to the very end of this pole, and I don't know if it was taped or what, was a small electric uh circular um sander. Um and my job was to sand off all the little stamps of little colored ink stamps from the other lumber companies now you'd think oh well that would be easy to sit there and sand this all day but the trick is remember the pole was 20 fucking feet long and the stamps were on the other side of the conveyor belt to where i was standing it made i'm like why don't you just give me a hand thing and have me stand right there and sand right in front of me no no they give me a pole <laughs> with a sander on it and i had to reach over these fucking pieces of wood and like try to sand these things off and i did this all day and my arms got so fucking sore and tired I was, by the end of the day i was holding the pole like in my elbow and i mean i 
I didn't go back. After, I mean, I Fuck couldn't even that, move. Right? I couldn't even move the next time. I go, is this a fu- where's the camera? Is this a fucking joke? What was up with it? I still think how bizarre. What a weird. How fucking bizarre. It made man. no sense, but that was a weird job that I did have. It was strange. I lasted one day. I was like, "Fuck this, man." That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Um, I had this just this weird flashback memory as you were talking. We were like a couple of chicks in high school. Or in eighth grade, we used to talk on the phone for hours, you uh-huh. and I. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why that just came yeah. to my head, but we just call each other. What are you fuck you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I know. We're just talking about whatever. <laughs> so yeah. weird. Anyways. Yeah, it is all right. Weird. So when did you when did you decide to go to Emporia? Um, I don't remember. I was I think I was probably twenty or something. It was around that time I wanted to, I No, um, it was before that because maybe um, I, you, you remember you lived on my couch? That was that was after that, I think. Yeah, but that was we weren't we were twenty. We hadn't turned twenty one yet. Yeah, God, I don't remember. Um, I was in a relationship, and um, I remember talking to her about. I don't remember. I don't even remember how I thought of Emporia. I have no idea. I know, right? But I I I applied and got in and um, applied for student aid, and. Um, I didn't have a car or anything. <laughs> and I, I think she may have taken me there and like dropped me off and, you know, to my dorm. Uh-huh. I remember, I remember going to Emporia and going through the registration process in this big area and a lot of students everywhere. And I remember getting registered. They're like, here's your room. Here's the building. And I remember going and finding my dorm room. <laughs> it was really weird. And by yourself, right. Or were you, was she with you? Ah, uh, I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I just don't remember. I mean, I know she, I think she took me up there cause I didn't have a fucking car, right. but it was such a bizarre experience, man. I was still really depressed then. And so I go, but I was giving it the old college try. So no speak, you know? but I just did not like the experience in Emporia. I mean, everyone, it just, it just didn't feel right. I, I think it. I lasted maybe a week. It was like you stayed in the dorms for you know a couple of weeks before school started, yep. right? So I didn't even make it to classes, dude. I got to the dorm room and the fucking dorm, the bed was like I think dorms now or even at KU they have like bunk bed situations. Uh, this of one was really <laughs> the bed. It was like some dude who had like Budweiser pictures, and I'm like, ah, fuck, man, I'm not yep. this guy, and I have nothing in common at all. Yep. Just a total douchebag. And and so the bed was like, imagine a long twin bed, and then in the middle is a headboard. Yep. <laughs> so, like, that was the bed situation. So when so we sleep, weird. it's like our heads were right by yeah, each other, exactly. separated by this really weird... It was just uncomfortable. I didn't sleep well. The guy it was just fucking weird. I didn't it's like the guy. Weird. I just kept getting more depressed. I, was, I, I didn't know anyone. The people were just... They, I hate to say this. I'm sorry, Emporia, but it just... Seem like vibe, bro. This wasn't my vibe. So again, I have no idea why I chose Emporia, but I lasted, I think, a week, and I got the fuck out. I withdrew, and <laughs> that was my attempt at Emporia. And I think at some point I decided to move back to Lawrence. And um, dude, I just remember, I, so you sleeping on that fucking couch. Yeah, right, I was living in Lawrence. Um, I moved there with my girlfriend at the time and got an apartment. And I didn't have a car. Yeah, and um, I was uh, I was depressed and not. I was just a dick. I mean, I we weren't getting along, and she ended up 
I think moving out to family in uh, Arizona. Arizona for a while, <laughs> and I was kind of s- trapped there. And I was like, ah, fuck, I didn't want to go back to Newton, and I couldn't. Have, I don't know if I couldn't afford. I probably couldn't afford the rent anymore. I don't remember what happened with the apartment, but moved out. And I think you said I could stay with you guys, you and your buddies yeah, on up the here couch for like three, like two or three months, right? It was a while. I stayed. <laughs> you read up, up the, there, okay? Because I was actually I got into KU then in '94. Yeah. The funny and, part of this story, though, yeah. right, is the phone bill. Oh, because I was so crazy obsessed yeah. with my he girlfriend. <laughs> was on the phone with this chick all the time. Yeah, so much that the phone bill was six or seven hundred dollars. What? I don't remember yeah. that. Holy yeah. shit! Oh, I yeah. apologize and, publicly here. I did, I did not know how much it, it was. And our phone got our phone got <laughs> shut off. <laughs> And I don't so, remember which this. was the best thing that ever God, happened. I'm so, so sorry. I really don't remember that. Our roommates were like, we didn't have a phone. So we had to go to this pay phone <laughs> down the street if we wanted to do it. Cause it was early nine, mid, <clears throat> mid nineties. Wow. And I remember my dad paid that bill off. So I wouldn't have, cause the, the phone bill was actually my, was my bill of all the bills. Right. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and my fucking roommates were such dicks. Those, except for Steve Scoggins, but the rest of them were well, Matt Bunch was all right, but the rest of them were kind of dicks. So they didn't even want to like help out or figure right, out. Right. So it was all yeah. mine, right? So my dad ended up paying off the fucking bill. I don't know <laughs> if I remember that. Me I was so like, fucking depressed, dude. I was on so that depressed. Pink couch. Yeah, I slept on there. I was so depressed. I remember like it was right outside your bedroom, and mm-hmm. I remember being so fucking depressed that I could hear pavement slanted and enchanted playing from your room at night and it made me cry (laughs) that's how fucking depressed (laughs) i was (laughs) well you have to remember too i didn't have a fucking door on that fucking bedroom yeah but i remember i mean i love slanted and enchanted it doesn't make me depressed now but i remember being like just so depressed (laughs) slanted and enchanted you cry but you know i was that is a that is like the definition of me being enmeshed with someone and yep. dependent on someone and, and so depressed. I was just angry and, and couldn't imagine a life without that person, which was horrible for that. Person but you need to go too. through that. It was part of the, part of your own. It was, but it, sure. But I was a fucking dick too. I was horrible. I was yeah, just yeah. suffering and took it out on her and everyone around me. I just, I went through that phase where I just, it was like a lot of self-sabotage at that yeah. point and giving up really um and so which i don't believe in self-sabotage but that's just me i think you just needed that was just what you did sure that's all you knew that's well, all at the you time knew i think i i think intentionally i was sabotaging to not to get out of school because at that point i was going to ku i got into ku and I actually was like okay i gotta give this a try again mm-hmm. and i remember going to classes and i was doing okay um but I was just, I couldn't focus. I was, yeah. I didn't want to be there even though I did. And, um, it, it was so weird. I don't know why, but I remember finally, I mean, I remember having this conversation with you up on the hill and I just broke down. Remember that? I was fucking bawling yeah. and I go, I got to go home. And you're like, don't go home. <laughs> I mean, you talk, try to talk me out of it and I just wasn't having it. I, do. I don't know why I just got stuck on, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And I, withdrew and the, those W's the are best still thing you did for you. Yeah. So. so I got W's from KU. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up withdrawing and going back home. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, it was a weird time. Um, I couldn't do at least my perspective at the time was I couldn't really do anything on my own. Right. right? Like I could, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do anything. Um, I didn't have a car up here. Um, 
I was washing dishes at Free State Brewery. Oh shit! Yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, I, I yeah, remember that? I mm-hmm. was like, and so I'd go to work. I'd walk to work, and then, you met some cool people there. Yeah, at the time, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. It was kind of a fun job. Yeah. I mean, I got off kind of late, and then I'd go to the bottom. I'd have my backpack and my my vans, <laughs> you know, old school vans on, and yeah. go to the bottleneck for a while. Um, so there was a, it wasn't all horrible. I, I enjoyed oh, yeah. that part of it. Um, and I liked working at Free State, although funny Free State story, if you're familiar with Free State Brewery, which you are, cause you live here, it's the, one of the loudest restaurants ever. Yeah. And it's an open restaurant and it's the first brewery in Kansas since prohibition. Right. And so, um, it's very popular and it's this open concept where they have an upstairs that's kind of open to the downstairs and there's a staircase that's open to every everything. You can see everything, mm-hmm. right? And I, one time I was busting, I was walking down the stairs, the front stairs. Mm-hmm. We usually took the, there's a back stairs that yep. went down to the kitchen yep. and we often took that. But for some reason I walked down the front stairs with an overly full bus tub of dishes <laughs> and <them>. slipped <laughs> and fell. And I just remember slow motion, those dishes just crashing on the stairs of Free State, and is if you know Free State, it Everybody's actually watching. got silent for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like sitting there with dishes everywhere. Oh, and, oh my kind God, of so that's embarrassing. Fucking funny. Anyway, but yeah, I ended up. Um, I mean, I guess the thread through all this is is um, is the depression piece, really, yeah. and how much that I really was, that was struggling strange, with that. That was. A, I mean, um, strange is not the right word, but as as your best friend, not knowing. I've not known anybody to go through depression, right? Uh-huh. And then my best friend being depressed and then being a selfish 20-year-old, right? Right. Me, myself, not knowing what the fuck to do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, because, um, you know, growing up, I was kind of a class clown. Um, humor is always, I remember watching um, Eddie Murphy Raw when I was a kid. We uh, had HBO yeah. for a while. Yeah, and I remember, but, you know, I, I I would would have been way too anxious to do like stand up or whatever, but I was I was was pretty funny and um, liked humor. Um, and it is wild to have no humor. I mean, I went through oh, I a period where just everything was just my entire worldview was dark. just dark and negative, and um, I couldn't see. I had zero optimism about anything. Um, you know, it just was it was a pretty shitty time and um you know i people around me i obviously you know if you didn't know me before and you met me then you'd probably be like god this fucking guy (laughs) you know and um so it was good to later on kind of get back to who i really am you know Mm -hmm. with this kind of silly um person because for five or six years of my life or or so i it was just i was not who i am right and i was a horrible person in a lot of ways i was kind of mean i was confrontational and aggressive and i would like stare people down and didn't give a shit if what happened it was weird i would um just go through these periods of just didn't give a fuck you know it was horrible um and then you met your 13 year old girlfriend (laughs) right shut up (laughs) um Shout yeah, out to so, Sasha. She was 12 and a half. Yep. I'm just kidding. She no. was not. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm yeah. Teasing. So, um, but no, I mean, um, well, she definitely, uh, to be cliche, definitely saved my life uh, in a way. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's um, a certain piece of that, right? Yeah. Like where. Well, um, I mean, in, like in 90, I mean, I kept trying to go to college. I like, I, did. I didn't want to give up on it. Didn't I kept, you try WSU too? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I went to WSU. I mean, I took this fucking, 
it was so dumb. I took this physics class. Oh my Holy God. Shit. Or no, excuse me. It was astronomy, mm, but it was terrible. all physics. Worse. Yeah. yeah, it was all physics, all but physics, it was an astronomy. Think it's gonna be something I thought, else, oh, cool. We're going to look at stars. No. God damn. I literally was like, this is a, f- I was so dumb in there. And I ended up, I, I withdrew from WSU too at that point, <laughs> whenever that was all within the mid nineties. So I've tried three different times to go to school and I was like, finally, I think said, fuck it. And kind of gave up on right. the school idea. I'm like, well, maybe everyone was right. I can't go to college, right. you know? And so, um, so, you know, my girlfriend at the time, um, her and her mom started a restaurant in Newton. And so I had kind of worked there with them for a while. And, um, the short version is, um, I met my current wife there. Um, and, um, she may or may not have been in high school. (laughs) (laughs) No, quit it. She was a senior in high school. Senior? Um, yeah. And so oh, then okay. she moved to Lawrence after graduation. And I, I think I moved up here and like back up here, you know, my girlfriend and I finally broke up, which, mm-hmm. um, that finally happened. And did you and go so, to prom? Did I? No, I did not go to prom with <laughs> okay. Sasha and my wife. No. Um, did I? No, I'm kidding. I think um, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> she, she didn't even go to prom anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, so we were, breaking up and um and i was still probably pretty depressed i was kind of coming out of it though yeah i was kind of coming out coming, of it. i remember you i remember starting to come out of it a little bit yeah. at that point i was still kind of a dick definitely but i remember starting to feel like okay i'm, I'm feeling more optimistic i can do some stuff i was trying yeah. to really you know go for some stuff um um it, you know i i withdrew I'll, uh, real quick here i I'll, i withdrew from wsu because I was going to WSU, and actually, other than that class, I was actually doing okay. Yeah, you liked it. I remember that. And then that. one of our friends um, died by suicide uh, while I was going there, and we were hanging out a lot at that point, Heather. Yeah. And um, we all it was really strange. Yeah, I was right? actually delivering pizzas again at that point. Yeah. And, and and then I was going to WSU, and she was really depressed, and I was kind of not as depressed right. anymore, but that. she was super depressed. Mm-hmm. But we were hanging out all the time, she yep. and I. Um, just buddies, you know, yep. and, and we'd go drive around and talk and, um, and then she, you know, she got hospitalized, um, and which I knew, but, um, I didn't know she had gotten discharged. Um, and I remember her mom calling me, what, something happened. No, no, someone else. It was weird. I got home from WSU and someone called me and said there are ambulances by Heather's house. And I go, what? And so I drove over there, and I pulled up, and um, there was freaking fire trucks, ambulances, and um, her neighbor came out, and I was walking up there, and she stopped me, and she said, Heather killed herself, you know. And it was just so surreal. You fucking, you, you came over to my house after that because I was living in Newton, too. I was reading gas and electric meters. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And this is what's fucked up. It's giving me chills right now. I read her fucking gas, her electric meter that morning. Oh, wow. When she was in the garage. Right. Right. She had hung herself in the garage. Yeah. And I didn't, I had no, and we're, that was fucking crazy. Yeah. It was horrible. I mean, she was 23 years old and, um, it's weird. Cause like, you know, I did all the sort of stuff that, you know, um, that's one of the, you know, you, you were interested in why I went to social work. That's one of the catalysts that finally was like, all right, this is the thing that I'm f- helped me to finally decide to really, really, really start moving toward, toward that. Um, 
because I, you know, she would, I would drive around and she'd say, oh, Shane, I want to die. And I would say, don't say that. You know, no, you don't mean it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The stuff you really oh, yeah. shouldn't what say. To fucking I, I didn't say, fucking right? know. Yeah. I was a dumb 23 year old yeah. too. I was like, uh, don't, don't, no, you're, you don't mm-hmm. want to, don't say that. You know what I mean? Just, and then it, it's just weird. Um, I'll never forget that I was driving around with her one time, just a few days or a week or so before she died. And it was quiet. It was weird. We weren't really talking and we were fucking talkative. And it was weird. I just remember like feeling kind of weird. And I looked over and she was staring at me kind of looking at me like just quiet and, and she kind of smiled it was just weird I, I don't know if there's anything to it just it was just something i remember um that was a little different i don't know if that was her saying, saying goodbye, goodbye and yeah, like she had kind of made it for dis- i don't know just weird there's but, a peace once you decide <clears throat> right i think that yeah i have. think so i mean you know um because you know she got she got on medication and they discharged her from from inpatient and really not long after that she yeah she oh died. yeah because she came yeah. up to lawrence <clears throat> and then bounced back to newton because mm-hmm. i remember she hung out with darren for a little bit mm-hmm. and darren was up here i, I don't know something I, so many something, back and forth and then bounced back to newton and then it was a couple days after that well i'll mm-hmm. give her credit too actually you know she in 94 when i was living up here um, i had first moved up here uh before my girlfriend at the time moved up here with me mm-hmm. and we, I got this apartment I was in and I had no car and I was living in this apartment kind of by myself new to Lawrence and she for whatever reason would come over um I think she brought me groceries and just hang out and she was super supportive um you know and then later on when in 97 when she died before that she was very supportive then and we, so we'd always hang out then she's just always very supportive of me when i was kind of struggling with some depression and then when she was i it was just tough cuz i was i was coming out of my own and she was really just in the depths of it obviously but but that was one of the, but i i just at that point i don't remember i remember withdrawing not long after that just saying fuck yeah, it yeah. but also i didn't really want to say fuck it i was like right. oh, man i i want to but I just wasn't sure what to do. So anyway, I kept working at the restaurant with my girlfriend at the time. And, and you guys um, lived in that cool house. I remember the house in Newton, Newton. on Oak. Yeah. It was yeah, a cute was little bungalow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, but f- you know, I finally we ended up breaking up and, and then, uh, I moved back to Lawrence here <laughs> and I remember renting this. It was like April of nine, April or so of 98. I remember Remember that Morningstar rental place or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember calling that lady because I had rented from her before or something. And I go, I'm, I need to get up there. Do you have anything for her? <laughs> so she's rented me this apartment over the phone, basically. That's right. <clears throat> and she's like, yeah, it's an upper apartment. It's a one-bedroom, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, cool. So my dad moves me up here. <laughs> and the fucking, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was an upstairs in a house and there was a shared bathroom. So I had one bedroom apartment and then there's a bathroom. And then on the other side of the bathroom was a door to a studio apartment. And that studio apartment, I mean, imagine this, the the toilet was right next to that door on that side of a studio. So the, the, and it was this young woman, college age woman living there and we both had locks on each side of our door and it was just the most awkward thing. Not like, that, yeah. I mean, you're sitting there trying to go to the bathroom yep. and she, you know, she's like on the other side. It's like, yep. it was the worst thing in the world to yep. share a fucking bathroom with someone you didn't even know. It was weird. But anyway, crazy. um, so I moved back up here and then, um, and then, you know, my current wife and I started our thing really more then. And, um, 
and she was just very supportive and encouraging of me like I hadn't really experienced before. And um, so um, the what really did it, though, is she got pregnant, and um, she was a freshman here at KU, and, you know, of course, her parents were like, oh, crap. and But they were such cool people. Um, oh, crap. Yeah. The Shane guy. So, I know. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, long the short version is we, we were – anyway, she's going to have this baby. And um, we – anyway, she ended up having a miscarriage in the second trimester. And um, it was such – it was a devastating experience. And it made me realize, okay – for when I do have kids, I don't really want to be working at quick shop, (laughs) you know? And so that was really the thing that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm definitely going to go to school. And my grades weren't good because of the withdrawing and my high school GPA was like a 1.6 or something. So I ended up going, I enrolled in, I applied and enrolled at Johnson County Community College. And, um, she and I were still, we had our own places at the time. And uh, I had a car, <laughs> not a nice one, but I had a car. And I started there, and I went for a year there and drove back and forth, got good grades at Johnson County, worked hard, um, and then transferred to KU after a year. And um, just the rest is nice, history. So I ended up finishing grad school in 2004 and um, here at KU and just have been working since and so yeah I'm really glad I did it it was not easy I remember going when I came back to KU they did this placement exam <laughs> I was like 26 at the time and they um for math and I just literally I screwed oh, oh my god I, yeah. I couldn't it was I the worst shit. so I had to take pre-algebra over yeah. the summer double o, we call it double o duck. yeah so I took yep. that for no credit but you still have to pay for it yep and it was so hard. I remember being in tears, like, I can't do this. And Sasha was very encouraging and helpful yeah. and wouldn't let me give up this time. It was really mm-hmm. cool because I, I had glimmers of my 20-year-old self. I was yeah. like, fuck it, I'm going to give up. But I kept sticking with it. And we had I had a really good graduate student who was teaching it and ended up getting a B in that. And then, and then I went. And in the fall, I took college algebra and ended up getting a B as well. I think it's the only B I ended up getting, which is fine. Yeah. I'm like, B, great. Right. And so once I got that out of my, behind me, the algebra, thank God, I was, yeah. you know, um, I was able to then move on and just keep going. And then I went right into grad school. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up um, uh, going back to KU and finishing. Um, but, you know, the social work thing, you know, um, there, there are many influences on me as to why I went into social work. Um, you know, I didn't really know. I mean, I, my experience with social work was um, when I was a kid, one of my sisters, you know, quit school before <laughs> you can at like 14. And, and the judge put her in a, in a group home uh, and oh, forced her to right. go to school. My, my sister, who's three years older than me. And when she finally reintegrated back home after about a year, um, there were social workers that came into our house. And I remember going, ah, oh, it was just so weird. It was real guarded. And, like, yeah. they would ask me to talk to me and, you know, doing home visits. That. It was such a shitty experience. I remember so them. Weird. I felt like they were judging us. Yep. And, like, you know, it just, I was like, so that was, I remember that experience with social workers. And that's not a good one because I felt like, well, these social workers are fucking, you know. jerks and judgy and all this shit and so then um so when i went to i I, you know um your mom was a social worker and took us 
one time to a park here in Wichita to feed homeless people. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And that was pretty impactful. I never forgot yeah. that. That was really pretty cool. And so that was another influence, knowing that your mom was a social worker and helped people and that kind of thing. And just um, over time, it just evolved with my own struggles with depression and um, and just in general wanting to help people after I kind of started coming out of it, um, just evolved. I, and again, my cousin was a big influence. I started talking to her, um, about her experience as a social worker. And, um, you know, at one point I wanted to go into psychology and some, I don't remember who it was, but I had a conversation with someone. It may have been when I was at Burt Nash or something. I, I worked at Burt Nash from, yeah, I was a youth care worker there from 2000 to 2003 before, when I was at, an undergrad at KU and great experience but I don't remember if it was there or it was my cousin but I was having a conversation with someone and they were like you know if you want to do therapy you can go into social work and I go really and then I started thinking about my cousin and then I started thinking about the social workers I grew up with and I obviously started realizing it was a pretty dynamic profession if you can also do therapy weird and um and so I uh I kind of wanted to do if so I wanted to help people obviously and um so I ended up going to social work for just all kinds of reasons you know growing up in a lower working class family who needed some assistance um to struggling academically and not getting a lot of support from school people to um you know my friend dying by suicide and just my own depression and and struggles and and what that was like and so it was really a culmination of a lot of those things but I'm really glad I did I I I love it I think it is a dynamic profession um I've done therapy with uh you know eight-year-olds to 85-year-olds and um and it's it's still rewarding and um and I, I still really like it and so um the first thing I did, uh, one of the first things I did rather after Burt Nash or during Burt Nash up here was volu- I volunteered at headquarters counseling center oh, yeah. um, because, and that's a, that's a uh, crisis counseling center. And that was really directly related to Heather. And because I didn't say, I wanted to learn more about suicide mm-hmm. and, and how to work with people and, and help people with suicide because I knew saying to people who are suicidal don't do it <laughs> yeah it doesn't work yeah you don't want to yeah. you know or don't say that yeah. you know it wasn't a good thing yeah and so arguably uh you know their training program there was really really good yeah. and so that intense. was um yeah. it was intense i mean i in the training i remember crying it was like therapy i mean we we did such intense role plays i never did role plays like that in grad school i mean we did all role plays left and right in grad school but man never got that vulnerable where I mean, we were, I mean, I was crying because you had to use real shit. Yeah. I mean, I, it was intense. And so um, that was probably one of the best training experiences I've had, really. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, so, um, so, and of course, later on, I worked in crisis center and stuff like that and worked, I've worked with a lot of people um, on suicidality and, um, um, and it's been great. I've really liked that. Let's so. take a break real quick. I got to take a piss. Yeah. All right, we're back. Um, whew, I needed that break. Um, so it's June. It's Pride Month. Um, one of the things, um, and if you know, if for the one listener out there that doesn't know what Pride Month, that's where we celebrate um, <laughs> LGBTQ um, awareness, acceptance, um, all the great things about. Um, 
that beautiful community. And so one of the things that I do is I do in my practice, I do LGBTQ affirmation therapy. So um, when I was thinking about Pride Month, I remember a conversation you and I had. You called. We were talking on the phone when I was going through some shit mm-hmm. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, hey, and I don't know how we got there. You said, hey, um, my kiddo is going by E now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I said, going by E? I think it was L initially. L. Was it L? Mm-hmm. Okay. L. Oh, L for Elliot, right? Kinda, kind of. Is that so? Anyways, I'm 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 gonna let you tell it. Sure. I'm just trying to remember how. No, that's I all right. It. And I went, holy cow! And so ever since then, um, after I've been contemplating having the podcast, and then I wanted to have you on and talk about as a parent how that happened, what's going on, mm-hmm. all of that thing about transitioning to him. Yeah. Right. So, well, um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, let me preface this by saying that it's still evolving, you know, we're not real far into it in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning. I'm still, um, um, back a little bit, the mic pack, not so close to your mouth like that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so it's still evolving in a lot of ways. Um, and so, but anyway, um, yeah, so. Uh, I think it's August of last year, August of 2019, my wife, Sasha came into my, our bedroom (laughs) and said something along the lines of, um, Lily and I need to tell you something. And I just panicked. I was like, you know, Lily is, uh, so Sasha and I have two kids, both biological, uh, females, um, we named the oldest one Lily and the youngest one Luca. And I'll say Luca is, you know, my wife's name is Sasha, which is in in Russia. That area of the world is typically a boy's name um, from what I understand. But here her parents named her Sasha. It's a little more feminine mm-hmm. sounding here. But so anyway, right. anyway, so we named Luca. Luca's a boy's name his, typically in Italy, and Sasha, when she was here at KU in her art program, studied in Italy and oh, that's went right. to... I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, went to this... You know, and there's a town there called Luca, and anyway, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the story behind why we named our youngest daughter Luca, <laughs> and so, which is ironic, and I'll get to that later, mm-hmm. that her boy, her name tends to be a little bit more masculine, right. histo- you know. And so we named our oldest daughter at the time Lily, the most feminine name you could imagine, right? Like Lily is a flower. It's, hit, you yeah. know, just, I mean. Yeah, it's associated with. Very female, yeah. feminine sort yeah. of name. So anyway, um, so last August, they she came in, Sasha, my wife, and said, you know, Lily and I need to tell you something. And we don't want you to, you know, get upset or freak out. I go, oh, my gosh. I thought something major yeah i couldn't like well, i don't know major. what yeah yeah i couldn't imagine what it was but of course you know me and my anxiety probably like health or i don't know yeah. who just something extreme i yeah. just imagined i was because the way she said it i was like oh my gosh i was expecting something extremely horrible and negative um i don't know and so um sasha told me herself so sasha told you yeah Yes, first. Um, what did she say? She said, I don't remember exactly, but she said, 
um, for a while now, Elliot or Lily has been feeling this way for a while, and I go, "What?" And I she and I, I just couldn't quite understand what she was saying, and and basically, Lily had told Sasha that she uh, felt like she was born in the wrong body, and so Sasha told me that um, Elliot told her that she she was feeling like she should have been a boy and I remember going oh (laughs) okay um so I felt relief obviously I felt relief like oh that's it okay cool um which I know is probably not what a lot of parents do um because I've you know I've worked with LGBT kids who are disowned and kicked out and you know otherwise not supported and um just horrible which I would never ever 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 do and can't even contemplate that but with that said it was it was um initially it was a bit of a I was kind of like oh okay and I just didn't quite (laughs) know exactly I mean I wasn't mad I wasn't disappointed it was a little confusing just because um I wasn't I just was like oh okay really you know and obviously in hindsight you see things and you go okay yeah well that you know like I mean here's an example a few years ago at the time Lily our daughter wanted to get her hair cut and so got we she did a shortcut and from then forward I remember being out in public and people would say him Oh, does he want like if we'd go to get ice cream mm-hmm. or something? They'd say, "What, what, would, what does he want or whatever, you know?" Or what can I get you, sir, to the kid, right? And and I remember going getting pissed, like, "Damn it, it's a girl," you know? Because I felt bad, like, "Oh, maybe she, Lily was going to get embarrassed that they were mistaking her for a boy." Um, fast forward to now, and you know, Lily and I have talked. Who's now Elliot? And I'll get to that in a minute. And that was actually validating. It made it made Elliot now Lily at the time feel good that he was quote mistaken for a boy. You want to, you know what I mean? Let me tell you a story that I haven't told you yet. I remember when Elliot did that, and you guys posted it. Uh huh. Um, he cut his hair, and you put it on Instagram or something. I can't remember exactly, but but Jill and I saw it, and I and we both said, "Looks like Shane." Looks like Shane, <laughs> yeah. and. <laughs> I bet, and we said she at the time. Right, she is going to transition. Mm-hmm. We we looked at each other and said, "Yeah, I bet th- there's something." Well, it's funny because there's something there. It's interesting because like, um, we've gotten that whole Lily looks like Shane since she was little. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty wild, you know, because yep. Lily, who's Elliot now, and again, I'll get to that in a minute, but was born, you know, when 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 she at the time was a little girl, right? She looked a lot like Sasha as a toddler. She had this blonde, oh, right. curly hair like that's Sasha's. Right. I mean, it's just so wild. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we did not, um, you know, I remember talking a lot in grad school about, you know, when I took development and stuff. And, you know, anyway, I, I don't want to get into that too much, but we did not push um traditionally female toys like I they had both of our kids have had dolls they've had hot wheels you know they've had all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. I mean of any gender toy you can imagine right 
and they sort of kind of gravitated toward whatever. I mean, Lily played with dolls, like, and we just kind of thought, oh, well, you know, whatever. So, it, you know, so, um, so th- I say that because I think a lot of people who don't understand this topic around LGBT and especially the, the transgender piece assume that you did or didn't do something to, right. you know, um, <laughs> to keep it from happening or to encourage it or whatever, to, mm-hmm. fem- you know, to whatever the case may be. And so, um, you know, we, we just kind of let the kids gravitate to whatever they were interested in and they right. and encourage them to try different things, whether different sports, you know, they, uh, from basketball to soccer to gymnastics, whatever they were interested in the time. And if right. they tried it, wanted to move on to something else, we were like, cool with that. So, um, you know, so anyway, um, back to last year. Um, yeah, so, so she, so Sasha told me that, and really, it's just been. Uh, it, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you; it's kind of it's been a challenge for me more than Sasha, and I, I don't know why because I'm a accepting person, and I and I don't want to overanalyze it because that's not my style of therapy anyway. But you know, I think back to like, you know, maybe when you came over a few times. Um, you know, my dad being this kind of like macho, tough guy, fought yeah. all the time with tattoos. I mean, I'm, I'm only 5'8". I'm not a big guy. I mean, I don't like fighting. I don't like, you know, whatever. I, I like reading fucking poetry. Right. <laughs> right. So I wouldn't say I'm feminine, but I'm definitely, you know, but he would say to my friends, I think he may have asked you this, is Shane gay? Oh, uh, yeah. You he know. didn't use that word. Yeah. Which, <laughs> right. I don't remember. Yeah. But you'd ask my word. friends this in yeah. front. Right. <laughs> And it was, it was humiliating, but because of the time you think, oh, that's, you know, um, obviously later I've evolved and, and very accepting and, and that sort of thing. But I, I just remember thinking back on that kind of stuff. And what if I were, my dad would be unbelievably invalidating, right? right. Like, God, could you imagine? Cause there are kids out there who are gay, who, right. who grow up with parents that are just dismissive like that. It's yeah. horrible. So I definitely knew I didn't want to do that at all, but I did struggle with, with accepting the reality. And I think it's not about Elliot as a person. It's really about society. I'm, I'm really yeah. nervous about society still. Right. And I'll, you know, we can talk about that, but that's, I've really kind of realized that's the, the thing that makes me the most nervous is so how society's going to uh, impact because the, my kid is unbelievably sweet and kind. So anyway, last year, um, we, so Elliot goes to a therapist, not, <laughs> not, not really because of other issues like, you know, struggle, very smart kid. And so, you know, has some anxiety and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, but through that gets support and, um, beyond what we can provide as parents and, you know, just a separate person to get support and validation for coming out to, you know, and that's been really cool. That's awesome. Um, so, um, anyway, um, last year was just, it was, it's just been an evolution of acceptance and change and, um, getting used to saying he, and, you know, initially we, we asked Elliot if, if, if he wouldn't mind if we, could go with L for now, for then, just for a little while, just so we could kind of segue into, because at the time, at the time, he didn't have a name, uh, a, a, a name he wanted to be called. Right. He didn't have Elliot picked out. So he, but he hated the <laughs> name Lily. Oh, I bet he yeah, did. Hated I mean, just it. Think just about embar- it. Right? Yes, it's it was just horrible, and I felt really bad naming him that now, obviously. But so so we go. Well, what name would you want to be called? So he didn't really know yet. I think he was just relieved and glad that we were accepting and mm. and 
told us that was like, oh, you guys are great, you know. And so we could sense the relief from Elliot that after he told us. And so, um, well, we don't want to call you Lily. You don't quite have a name you want to be called yet. So what about L? Just like the letter L, right? Like mm-hmm. for Lily or whatever. Right. <laughs> and so started school being called L and teachers got them kind of used to calling L and um, kind of just evolved through the school year of letting teachers know. The cool thing is Sasha's a school social worker, my wife, and, and she at the, and Elliot goes to her school. <laughs> so there's an unbelievable amount of support there for Elliot and right. for Sasha. And so it wasn't really that big of a deal letting people know. There's some challenges, though, because the teachers don't mind calling Elliot Elliot, but the system – like it still has to officially say Lily, you know, until we get like a legal name change. So we're kind of in that now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, it, that's kind of frustrating when Elliot still sees Lily or when like Elliot did driver's ed and the lady who was, you kept calling, you know, Elliot, even though we said, please call him Elliot kept saying Lily and, and even mistook him for Sasha and called him Sasha sometimes. It was kind of a, it was just, so the kid, you know, I, it was invalidated some, but, um, and so that's been a hard thing. Um, it was kind of hard getting used to saying he for a while. Um, How often do you fuck it up now? Huh? How often do you fuck it up now? I don't ever, now, I don't, no, I'm good. used to it now. I'm used to it. It, it. There for a while I thought it would be, I'm like, God, am I going to get used to saying he? Because I still have these images of, you know, Elliot as this little girl with curly hair. And then, so I had, I mean, I had to, it's not, I don't want to equate it to like a grief and loss process, but I had to let go like who I assumed this person, my kid was and might are. are and might be in the future. Cause you imagine all that when that's, you're, they're growing up, you know, that's a great way of saying it in the sense of not grief or loss, because I think, I think we use that in this world. And I think it's, I think it's okay for some to be like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm grieving or the loss of my daughter and, and now they're a boy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I get it, but I like the way you're saying letting go, right. Letting go of, because it's about you. Right. Not about the thing is letting go of this, this idea. Yeah. The cool thing is, and what's helped me a lot is just reminding myself that it, as a person, there's still the same person, right? That he is still the same person, the sweet, just the sweetest, kindest, always has been just a loving kid and very smart. I mean, just this year with the whole transition um, of coming out and um, I mean, this was his freshman year, right? That just finished his freshman year. Oh, just, no shit. It was probably my worst year. <laughs> my freshman year was the year I really said, fuck it and give up on school. So um, wow, ended with false, that. you know, <clears throat> goes to a really good school <clears throat> and um, finished with all A's. Did really good. Worked worked hard. Did great. Um, and and with all this going on, just in in fact, arguably has has flourished even more because well, yeah. he's able to be who he is. You know, right. Um, so that's been really fun. Yeah, <clears throat> that's been really fun to see that, and I'm proud of him and um, seeing him evolve and as a just a human being. You know, the gender thing. It's you know, I know it's it's fluid and it's a spectrum and. Um, you know, um, 
I mean, I've never been historically masculine in a lot of ways, but in some ways I kind of am. It's weird. Yeah, you're an interesting, <clears throat> you're an interesting, um, I've always thought you're an interesting mix of masculine and feminine as a, yeah, a little bit, as probably. a dude, right? Yeah, like, sure. Um, more so than I would even say myself. I don't think I'm, there's not much feminine isk about me other than my, I mean, maybe my, uh, acceptance of right or whatever i don't mm-hmm. know how you would want to say it but like, yeah i don't yeah I, I mean sure yeah i mean i don't and that's fine i don't um there's nothing wrong i'm just saying that like your there's certain no yeah i think that's the point is i uh you know i i you know i don't what it's kind of fun because i don't i, I like seeing how what sort of boy elliot is becoming you know like right. without my influence um and that's cool because it's not a boy like what you and I were taught, like the stereotypical mm-hmm. be a fucking dick or, um, you know. Uh, I always, what was what was interesting about this whole thing and <clears throat> that I find really super fascinating is I remember thinking after you had Luca, I was like, Shane has two girls. I'm like, that is a really strange, I always pictured you having one boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I just, I just assumed that you would. Hmm. And now you do. Yeah. And yeah. you always have. Right. Just not in the way we thought it was. Yeah. Right. I mean, the stuff that Elliot and I connect with on, um, is the same stuff we always have. Really. Elliot's a big reader. I mean, his lit- like last year read like a, I mean, a hundred books and, you know, I don't think I've ever read on books. <laughs> <You> know, just <laughs> has read, you know, just tons awesome. of books. Just as a voracious reader and mm-hmm. creative, and um, so we've always connected along that. Even as a little kid, um, or just stuff. It's never been like stereotypical uh, male female kind of stuff, really. Well, but it's what just about us as people, really? Well, and and it and it seems like he's really like similar to you, right? That sort of. Um, does he like good music? Yeah, start yeah, more and more. Okay, you need to start influencing him <laughs> to some fucking good music, right? Like yeah. some punk rock. Yeah, he likes some. Okay. I turned him on to Fugazi. <sighs> Loves Fugazi. Fugazi. <clears throat> um, what about Minor Threat? You, he into Minor uh, Threat? Yet? Minor Threat, not yet, but okay. you know, um, we'll see. I just got. I also like that he's di- he's discovered some pretty fun music on his own. That's interesting, cool. and um, but. Um, I'll be honest with you, besides the societal thing that I worry about where um, non-acceptance of Elliot, um, and I don't remember how Elliot got Elliot. Elliot, I think the way he explains it, it's kind of cool because like Elliot is sounds like is similar to Lily, but it's obviously not. It's, it's you know, L is kind of like what we called Elliot for a while instead of Lily, and L Elliot starts with that sound. Right. And, you know, Elliot likes um, Elliot. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't. I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. Um, Elliot Smith's music. Oh, you know. Okay. And I don't know if that was a direct thing, but I think it kind of is a little. Do you, think <clears throat> it's, do you think it's his way of still giving homage? Not homage may, may not be the right word, but respect to you guys as naming that his, I, I don't know the proper term right this second, but the, 
but his old name Lily. So it sounds like so. I like think so. Not like I think so. Like, I, he's actually kind of mentioned that a, a little bit. In like a he's way. not going with Frank because it's totally <laughs> yeah. opposite of like what that is. Yeah. Like yeah. It makes it a little smoother and and still give. It, out of respect for you and Sasha. I think that's pretty, I yeah, I think, or just, I don't know what, whatever sort of connection it is. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a piece to that, you know, that familiarity with it. And it's definitely not, you know, feminine, like Lily, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Um, but you know, the hard part for me where I really, I, I never cried or broke down. <clears throat> I was just more like, Oh, <laughs> just kind of wrapping my head around the whole thing, you know, and, and, um, and just the change, just, just that, you know, not, not in a negative way, just, oh, this is now my kid is no longer, you know, identifies as female and that's fine. Just that whole change, you know, was <clears throat> Sasha came to me uh, several months after and said, and started saying, Hey, we need to start talking about testosterone and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So, so then you go from, okay, I identify as a male to, you know what? This ain't temporary, Dad. Not that mm -hmm. I wanted it to be or assumed it would be. I think, I guess, in a way, there's always that when they're 14, there's a chance. Like, I go, I don't know. Is this, fuck, I don't know. Is this a stage? Right. I don't know. Or wanna... just the fluidity that right. people are in, right? I mean, statistically, we know that most people who are trans and come out as trans are fucking trans. And, right. You know, there may be a tiny percent who you know, kid who comes out and they end up not really being trans. Most right. people. Are, so I realize that's what I, I, that's what I go back to is the reality that no, if most vast majority of people who come out as trans are end up being trans mm -hmm. for life. Right. But there's a part of me that was like, Oh no, maybe this is a stage and maybe he'll be a girl again. Or, or are we, you know, we going to push this too soon? Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Not that I preferred that. I didn't prefer one or the other. I just didn't want to, I was like, what do we do? I don't know what you to do fuck here. Fuck it up, man. Because right? here's yeah. the thing, you know, um, testosterone injections, you know, estrogen, you know, for, um, for, um, for female people who are transgendered, um, yeah, a little more reversible effects testosterone is pretty the effects are tend to be you know they just tend to stay right yeah, they and, do and the, so, on the male on the on so the that, female genitalia yeah. it stays yes so here's where i struggled a little bit because i go here's so and i will say lily is doing testosterone uh, t shots uh, injections right now once a week who's who's doing them i'm just i'm did messing with you you did damn it's it one of those things elliot right? but no, see, that's right. what slip, i'm trying to get to the, what i want to get to the people out there is that it's okay to make mistakes yeah it is it's okay and elliot isn't gonna be pissed at you for making this no like when elliot listens to this hi elliot love you <laughs> think you're a very brave person um is still going to be that's dad and dead dead messes up every now and then. Oh yeah. And that's and that's cool. Stuff. So anyway, so testosterone yes, um, injections. Yeah. So, so Elliot does tea now and, mm -hmm. but, but when we first, I, I was kind of hesitant, I'll be honest. Cause I just didn't know. I was like, Oh God, what, this is, it's permanent. Mm -hmm. it, what does that mean? What if, and I kept doing what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's funny cause I'm a, I'm a dad, not, I wasn't approaching, I was approaching this more emotionally as a dad instead of like a therapist, right? right? And I was doing a lot of what if scenarios, like, well, what if, what if, what if Elliot's 18 and decides to go back? You know? mm -hmm. And then, you know, right. you it's, want, yeah. so I struggle, that's what I kind of struggle with. And 
Um, so we we set up a, a, a consultation um, at a women's clinic. In fact, it's it's called Trust Women in Wichita. And it's actually the clinic where George Tiller, the the um, abortion doctor, was uh, was murdered. Oh no shit! Yeah, and that was a wild because they're one of the only ones who does a lot of the specialization and they're really cool. It was a freaking awesome experience, by the way, great clinic, even though there's, you know, it, yeah, there's a bunch of pro-life wackos around the outside of yeah. it. But anyway, um, so we went there and the consultation was great. And I asked lots of questions as an, mm-hmm. you know, fairly mm-hmm. ignorant person on the T stuff. And, and they were answered really well by, by the uh, medical provider. And, um, and so we determined that let's go ahead and start out at a low dose and kind of let the med provider increase it based on puberty and where the, anyway that's all complicated beyond me but they're really cool because they're doing this the T according to Elliot's age and developmental phase as a boy and that kind of stuff so and so I want to ask a quick question because yeah. I'm, this is really interesting to me when when the doctor ran the first labs mm-hmm. with Elliot. Mm-hmm. Was his testosterone higher than? Could you te- like? I you- don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember honestly what the level was. I That'd didn't be think- interesting. I remember. I remember hearing about it. I remember the results. I just don't remember exactly what what the level was. I know we started out a fairly low dose, so maybe right. It was but I, but I the- wonder if Elliot's natural I don't testosterone know. was higher than, let's say, um, a female. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, let me know. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd be interested I'll, in knowing I'll check what that. It and let you know, but um, yeah. but the thing about it was that was the main thing. And and when we left the clinic, we just you know initially I was like, are we going to we maybe we shouldn't decide today. We mm-hmm. should just get information. But after the meeting with the 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 med provider, we decided this is you know we looked at Elliot and we go, this is what you want. And Elliot said, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Elliot had been doing research already, which is, oh, of you know, knew, like knew way more than I did. Right. <laughs> and was like, yeah, that doesn't Dad. fucking surprise me. Cause you know, we were like, this is something you want. Elliot's like, yeah, this is all the mm-hmm. stuff that I already knew from yeah. research. Um, you know, the effects and the long term, mm-hmm. and Elliot had already taken all that into consideration and was somewhat new to me. And so, um, we left there going, okay, let's do this. And so ran blood work that day. And, once that came in, you know, they determined the, the, the amount of uh, testosterone injection uh, maybe a week or so later. Um, and um, I, I remember leaving there and just bawling. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were driving. It was just me and Sasha and Elliot. And I just something, it just, I just started bawling, just came out. And Elliot, like, just put his hand on my shoulder, just comforted me. Um I wasn't crying because of anything negative. Right. I think it was just the reality that this is just going to be a new person now, you know, that I'm going to get to know. And there's no kind of turning back in a way. I think not that I ever wanted to turn back, but that's when I think I finally let go of that minute possibility Mm -hmm. of that. Elliot could change his mind. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Right. That, that, I think that was that. And it was kind of this, in a way, it was kind of a, you know, I go back to DBT stuff, but it, in a way, it was my radical acceptance. My, It was my, you know, whenever I talk to people about radical acceptance, I love the concept. It To me, it's an extreme acknowledgement that things just are, right? That I didn't have to any longer start trying to figure out why. 
why why did Elliot decide to be Elliot? Why how did this come about? You know, it just is right. Um, it just is, and that's fine. And so, the testosterone just is. You know, one of my what ifs, by the way, was also the other way. What would I be? How would I feel as a parent if because if when a kid, you know, the younger you are, so to speak, um, like in puberty, the better you're going to be able to transition. The better, that's not a good word, but uh, the more effective, uh, smoother, easier, yeah, yes. more, you're, she's more masculine later on. Right. Then mm-hmm. if yeah. you are like 25 and yep. you transition from a, from biological female to right. a biological male and did t- teeth in, you, mm-hmm. you'd still get effects, but it definitely is much more as a younger person. And so, so if I would have convinced Elliot and Sasha, which I didn't try to do, but ha- ha- this is one of the what ifs, what, if you know in my mind I was saying okay so what if I we don't do this now and then Elliot's like 20 and is like see I'm still Elliot and you didn't let me start T when I wanted to and now I'm behind the curve so to speak and you know what I mean yeah so there's that too and I go I don't want to take that opportunity from Elliot either so you know, we erred on the side of what Elliot really wanted and Elliot being a bright kid, um, and, um, just done a lot of research and we, that's, so we just went with it. So the, the, the breaking down thing was just a, I haven't done it since I, that was the only time I think, I think. it was probably just and you was letting just a, go, finding yeah, it the I think last that's what piece, it was. right? Yeah. Just letting yeah. go and, and accepting the whole, like, there's no more like, okay, what if they don't do tea? What if, or it's he, what now. if he does do tea? Now it's, it's pointless. Now it's like, okay, what's the next level of tea and when, and, um, what can we expect, you know? And now I go, okay, knowing that testosterone could make Elliot a little more irritable, <laughs> like, you boys tend to Does be. Does Elliot take a test, uh, yeah, an estrogen blocker too? Um, we're getting ready. To st- I think so. Yeah. Either we recently started that, or we're getting ready yeah. to. Um, we usually do the tea for a little bit. Yeah, and then yeah. The I know. We. I think starts. we either just. I don't yeah. remember. I, we either just started or we're getting ready to. Um, so then you know we're just gonna now we're gonna live with it and support Elliot and no no matter what and you know those in our life who don't they can just fuck off. I hate to say it like that, but yeah. um, because. But I will, the flip side of that, I will say is I was a little nervous telling my mom and I waited a while Okay. and, and we did, Sasha and I actually went up there by ourselves to Newton and we, we said, we need to talk to you. And kind of like me, when they told me, when Sasha told me, my mom was like, you guys are going to divorce. She assumed that that's what we're going to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. And so we told her that and she was relieved and I have to give my mom more credit. I honestly, I, I misjudged my mom. I thought she would be like angry and not want to talk to us, yeah. you know, honestly, but she was like, okay, you know, I think, you know, uh, and started immediately calling Elliot, Elliot. Like there was no, it was wild. I was, I was surprised. So I want to, I want to point out something to you and, th- and this is kind of sidetracked, but I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't think. As somebody that has has been an observer in your life for a long time, and or part of your life, not observer, uh-huh. but part of your life for a long time, I don't think, and I and I think you could probably say the same about me about my own parents. I don't think you ever gave them enough credit. Your dad yeah, that's or your, true. your mom. I think you you had, and as we get older, we'll you'll I think we'll both be figuring this out. Right? Is that 
they were your parents and you 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 didn't like them because they were your parents like right, right. there's certain things and we judge them that they're going to they're they're going to say and do terrible things right when the, when it's not us and in the way that you grew up you you assumed that she would think back backwards about stuff like this yes you made that assumption yeah, I did. because of that because sure. of that stuff and what i know about your mom and dad is they've no matter how they grew up or whatever. They always loved you and they always doted on you. Even your dad. That's true. Right? And they always like, incur- They always, always uh, inc- kind of like whatever I decided to do, they didn't yeah, fight like, it. I mean, exactly. Even they didn't like dad, that I got right? tattooed, right? But they were like, well, it's, yeah. it's funny because my dad <laughs> had tattoos, but he didn't want me to get it. Right. And really, <laughs> but you know, but they were like, that's whatever. It's your life. So when you're, thing. when you act surprised that your mom was not shocked or whatever, however you describe it. I'm sitting here going, yep, that's exactly how yeah. she would react. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. It, I'm, yeah, that's true. And I, uh, which is, uh, you know, I realize that now and, and I want to give her credit because she's been great with it. And, yeah. um, and is like, okay, I love Elliot no matter. That's you know, fucking uh, right. And yep. immediately started saying Elliot. That's it hasn't amazing. fucked that's up beautiful. once. Like I have. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Sasha's parents, of course, uh, were great and continue to be. And um, yeah. Elliot has is lucky to have a really solid support system and people who are not invalidating. Other than, so that's partly probably why I kind of worry about society at large and right. when Elliot gets older. I don't want to say Elliot's sheltered, but definitely in a way. I mean, we, on, we live in Riverside, and you know, people in Lawrence might think of Wichita as this like conservative place. In a lot of ways, it is, but there are pockets of there progressive are. areas, and we live in a neighborhood. We live in an old historic neighborhood that, you know, up and down our street, we have we probably have ten houses with with um, pride flags, and that's not because it's Pride Month. I mean, that's that's something that yep. we 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 all have done. Um, <clears throat> and so we have a pretty accepting, pretty cool neighborhood there. And there's a lot of LGBT folks who live in our neighborhood of Riverside. And so it's a really cool neighborhood to live in. So, you know, Elliot has a lot of support. I just get nervous about what, you know, just, you know, after, I just gotta... she, after excuse me, he leaves the nest, right? Yeah. Cause you can't, at that point, the protection is even less, right? Yeah. As and a father, right? Yeah, that kind of freaks me out because, yeah. I mean, I read even just, I try not to read too much, but even just recently, I just reading the news, you know, um, just the other day, a uh, black trans uh, woman was beaten uh, by a group of people in an, another city. I don't know where it was, but um, I mean, I didn't, re- I was just like, oh, I can't read it. But, you know, it's right. horrible. And I read that. I mean, it just makes you go, fuck, you know? I mean, I think trans women are proportionally more more susceptible to violence, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, but that isn't to say that Elliot's not going to possibly be. A, a oh, Elliot will that. experience so, something. So. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I mean, like, it has already on some level, whether you know it or not. Right. Well, true. Yeah. I mean, but you know, what's cool about this, this, the, um, the, the thing about my mom and, and being surprised and uh, me assuming she would, maybe not be mm-hmm. as accepting like I even though I've worked with kids a lot in therapy it's been a while I mean I have a because I work at a different place now with I mostly work with adults so I haven't worked with kids since probably 2014 and a lot can change with kids and you know, six years. And, um, <clears throat> my wife, Sasha has worked in a school for 13 years in high school. And so what, you know, what I know about kids these days, so to speak, is that, 
Elliot's generation in general, of course they're jerks and <clears throat> but in general they're so much cooler than oh, our yeah. kids. They're like, why is who cares? They're like they don't they're like, what? Why would you be who cares what? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we'll call Elliot Elliot. <clears throat> There's no <clears throat> Elliot, from what I understand, hasn't experienced any overt um hostilities or invalid I mean, I think kids at school have been pretty cool and you know, I don't know that, but these are kids that Elliot was in middle school with too, mm-hmm. when Elliot was Lily and are now at freshman year and Elliot's thriving and kids have been great. You know? Yeah. I think, I think there'll be pockets of it because kids are fucking <clears throat> can be terrible little bastards. Right. Yeah. That, um, I mean, but I, I, <clears throat> I, I, I have that with my same, my own kids. Yeah. It's just a different, they're just the things that we dealt with. <laughs> Like even around this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And now they're, 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 their issues are going to be completely different than what we think. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, I mean, maybe that will, that the flip side of my concern about Elliot when Elliot gets older is uh, maybe, you know, tempered or counterbalanced with um, knowing that, at least his generation's a little, <laughs> more a little softer, accepting. not softer, not but accepting. Yeah. yeah then, then, um, then hours and the, sure. Yeah. The um, yeah. Well, and so uh, in a lot of ways, I'm excited to see what kind of person Elliot kind of, um, evolves into is, um, just a very cool kid, very funny, sweet, talkative, um, bright, creative. Oh, I bet, Those things like, are always, you know, I bet his shell just like being able to tell his parents, and his parents being as accepting as they are, because they're awesome parents, right? Well, and even he them. was a little bit. It told us he was even a little worried that to tell us because he, there was a part of him that was like, I don't know, what are they going to hate me? Of you course, know, even though right? he knows that in general we are very accepting people, <laughs> and we've worked with kids. yeah, it still doesn't mean right. You're not I mean, freak out, right? I guess not, but that's you know, we were like, we will never ever you know, do that to you ever. But, you know, his part of his hesitancy to tell us was just that, that, that piece of uh, concern that there's a slight chance they might not be cool with it. You know, he is a smart kiddo. So he has done all of his research. So he knew all of the data probably Mm -hmm. about homeless trans, you know, all that suicide, all that stuff before Uh he told you guys. So he was, probably worried about all of those well if my parents don't accept me is this where i'm gonna right uh yeah you know but yeah yeah i mean it's it's pretty impressive how much he looked into stuff before even considering telling us himself you know um pretty cool and and i i mean i don't know what else to say than that because we're not even a year right into being told but um i think we're at the stage now where we're just watching the the physical changes and Elliot looking more like me in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh shit! Um, I, I'm sorry, Elliot. That that's yeah. no, I'm kidding. Um, You're a beautiful boy. Um, but you know, which is kind of fun, you know. And um, I will say, and I, I mean, Sasha from the get go had no hesitation. Amazing. Um, was like yes, right. Not that I, I was never again like 
questioning in a negative way, but just even that, she was like, it doesn't, none of that even crossed her mind. She's like, yep, all right, let's do this. You're my kid, no matter what, we're moving, you know. That doesn't surprise me for um, a Just super cool about everything and just fucking like gung-ho about it. And, you know, um, Sasha connected Elliot with this place called The Center in Wichita, which is a LGBT kind of youth support place that kids who are LGBT, quite a few trans kids go there for support. And nice. so Elliot's met... Like they would have a Friday night thing. We take it with COVID. They can't go right now, but, but, um, Elliot would go almost every Friday and met a lot of cool friends there and, um, get a lot of socialization from, you know, peers experiencing the same kind of transitions. Um, and that's been really validating and fun. And, you know, we've, and it's gone hanging out and hung out with some of those kids, you know, Elliot's still friends with the same kids that he was friends with when he was Lily, which is cool. They're like, yeah, they don't even, (laughs) it's wild. They still, nothing's different in that way. They still hang out. They go ride bikes like his, you know, female friends, they're still buddies and they don't treat him any differently. That's awesome. Um, he has one friend from the neighborhood who's, we're friends with their parents too. And they go by they, mm-hmm. um, they're non-binary and they, they're like two peas in a pod and they just, Oh, I bet. They're kind of nerdy because they like, you always talk about books and characters and just stuff that I can't, <laughs> they get it really into it, but it's fun. You know, they're, it's just carefree kind of stuff. And that's really what I want Elliot to do is just be a kid too. Right. And, and not have to, not, not that I, he's not going to have concerns around um, being trans and all the societal stuff that comes with it. But like you said, now that he's told us and that's behind us and we're kind of moving forward now we can go, okay, it's, you know, be a kid too, have fun, keep reading, enjoy yourself. And, and that's all, um, it's fun seeing him be a kid too. With you and Sasha being, being his parents, yeah. there's nothing that kiddo is not going to be able to do with the support and love that you guys do. I yeah, mean, I hope so. You guys are both super smart people, super, you know, good <clears throat> parents. Um, I just, you know, Sasha's just been a kind person i've ever since i've known her since she was 12 right yeah i'm kidding no. um <clears throat> there's a really cool video that um i saw i think sasha sent it to me elliot obviously had seen it already yeah. it was really validating and i th- it was i don't know if you've seen this but if if not you should check this out it's pretty cool and it's and it's a video of a i think it's a british kid but it's this uh, trans boy, um, and it's kind of a diary, video diary, and he's like, okay, I'm, you can see how f- sort of feminine his features and traits were initially. Hair was short, but mm-hmm. a little fem. You, you would say, oh, that is kind of a girl or whatever. But the kid was like, okay, I'm getting ready to start tea, you know, and I'm really excited, and it was just this diary. Mm-hmm. And then it, the kid kept giving updates. It was a quick, it's like a five-minute video of – of his progression with testosterone and uh, anyway, just, and it, I think he goes all the way to like 22 or something from wow. like 14 or something. Yeah. You'll have to send And it video. is impressive. It's, it's, it's a beautiful video and it's, it's amazing how, and the kid's like, well, all right, I'm 22 and I'm, fr- I'm happy. I'm thriving. And you know, it's just really cool to That's watch awesome. that evolution. So that was something I watched. I was like, oh man, this is kind of like Elliot now. Like the kid was the same age as Elliot when he started taking tea and, um, and now years later is where he wants to be. Um, you know, has a beard and looks really great. Um, oh, shit as hairy as happy. you are. Elliot's going <laughs> to have a hairy. fucking full beard by the time he's 18. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, 
Anyway, I'll check out, I'll try to find that for you. It's a really yeah. cool video. Um, uh, it was really helpful for me because I could imagine, I could imagine Elliot, you know, going yeah. through a similar stage. Oh yeah, you know? that was probably very validating and things. So cool. Well, um, I think what, what an awesome, crazy, I mean, we didn't even get into a lot of the stuff that you and I've been through and yeah. all of that stuff, but what a fantastic, um, journey you've had and, you know, struggles and sure. all that stuff. And then now this beautiful, um, this beautiful butterfly that you have in your home, just coming out and deciding he's a he and, yep. and being able to tell you. And then, and then, so how, how's Luca? Well, early on, I will say that, you know, I, when we were talking early initially about this today, I mentioned that, um, it's still evolving mm-hmm. because it's been less than a year. Right. But all, you know, one of the ways it's still evolving is, you know, we haven't really told a lot of people right. outside of our, our close circle mm-hmm. yet. Like I don't put it all over Facebook. It's right. not on Facebook. It's not yours. To you know, people have figured really it out. Either. We've had people ask us like right. who know us, who have like, we've had people say, Hey, is Elliot trans? And we go, yeah. <laughs> and they'll go, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, or before they knew uh, Elliot was Elliot, like before we started saying right. Elliot, even they would say, Hey, is Lily or L or cause we were saying L for a while and they were like, is L trans? And we go, yeah, you know, but we haven't made this like big old, you know, public announcement yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we may or may not. I mean, Elliot, Did, does Elliot know you're going to be on this? Yeah. yeah you know that you're going to tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Sasha too. That okay. I think it's great. Um, but you know, we we may you know I don't know we may still have some family members who who don't know yet who may not be accepting. We'll have to deal with that, and that's it is what it is. But it those is are still things. Is, yeah, right? these are things that are coming up still in yeah. anticipation of, um, that we'll have to still you know evolve into and uh, through the, you know yeah. just is what it is. It, it's just part of the process. Um, I'm not sure there's any right or wrong way to do it other than just except your kid don't you know period. It'll, be, it'll be interesting as luke luke what luke is 10 she's so gonna turn 11 um on the 9th in a 9th. few days here so but you, you had asked about her <laughs> i just think it's funny that she is really like stereotypical girl like mm-hmm. i mean it's really funny because elliot even jokes that elliot's like oh you should name me luca instead <laughs> right. you know and yeah. her lily right now knowing mm-hmm. what we know because luca is like super girly and mm-hmm. you know just into TikTok and freaking you know um hair and makeup and no shit. And gymnastics That's... and does you know uh all all the stuff uh-huh. all, the, all the stuff you know um but initially she really struggled she was embarrassed um, she didn't want, I mean, there were periods when, <clears throat> like back in the fall when Sasha would go somewhere with them and anywhere and, you know, she'd like duck and be oh. like, you know, and, but since then, um, has, is totally evolved and, um, has now, you know, asked a lot of questions too. It's asked a lot of questions. And so we've done the best we can to answer them and, and I think she's just continued to see us validate Elliot, and and that's still your sibling. Um, part of what she admitted she struggled with was that she no longer has a sister, and she liked having an older sister. And so a lot of that change for her has been hard, 
harder than with for us, but now she's like Elliot, Elliot, no, you know, you know, they hang out. They're great. She's um she's she's okay now, but she struggled there for a while. I mean, she was like, "Oh, I don't want any of my friends to see, you know, that kind of deal." But she's she's doing great now with it. Totally Luca. Really good. <laughs> Let me tell you a little something, all right? From Uncle Josh, that you probably don't even know who the fuck I am. Anyways, Elliot will always have your back, and I know that you will always have Elliot's back, and that's what it's about. And I know you get that, but that's just my Uncle Josh thing I have to say. So just yeah. remember that. Oh, Luca's doing great. Good. She's doing good. good. Yeah. Um, so we've been going for a while. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Thanks for being on. Of course. Anytime. And I'm going to have you on some more, but what a great journey. Thank you for sharing um, Elliot's story with us. I appreciate that during Pride Month and, and your journey into being a, a badass social worker and then your um, story of, uh, about your trans kid. I, I can't wait to have you on it again and, and get an update on, yeah, I appreciate it. on how Elliot's doing. I just uh, hope more parents, when their kids come out, are um, as accepting as they should be. You yeah, know? me too. Um, remember everybody perseverance through strength and vulnerability peace thanks